Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, David Cantu and Jenna Gassell. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Long time no see. Or no hear. Hear. For those who don't know who I am, uh, this is David Cantu. This is Jenna Gazelle. And it sounds like old times, like back in season two, huh? Yep, season one and two. Yeah. Well, this is it. And this is our final episode. We promised we wouldn't cry. (laughs) We wanted to kick off our final episode by bringing back old memories of me when you and i kicked off this kicked off this podcast right well a month after you guys kicked it off you guys brought me on yeah um but a lot has changed a lot has changed very much so to celebrate our final episode we got our entire team here um we've got the lovely kim dykes one of our greatest producers Hey, and then I got my partner in crime, who's been a tremendous support throughout this whole season, who motivated us to start this podcast from the beginning. And you now we got Andrew Locke, our other executive producer. Hey, everyone! So happy to be here. You know, gosh, you know, it's been nine years. We started so started Challenge. it nine years when I started this organization, and. Uh, Today's episode, guys, since it's our final one, um, there's no script. There's no questions. We're just going to have a casual conversation with the team for you guys to listen to. And um, I hope you guys will enjoy it because um, this is coming from our hearts. And uh, also, just to let everybody know, uh, please forgive us in advance because all four of us here have been suffering through uh, (laughs) respiratory viruses and been sick. So you might hear some coughing here and there. So because this is an unedited, uh, unedited episode, and uh, we just want you guys to hear. We're just here to talk about some of the the progress that has been made in the past nine years. Some of the greatest uh, moments, some of the biggest challenges we have faced as an organization, and we're going to talk about about the roller coaster community as a whole, and um, you know where it's going and uh, where is it heading, and talk about the theme park industry a little bit there's going to be a lot of changes going on starting in this year and uh we may not see those effects till 2025 but there's some excitement exciting things going on but also there's some uh very interesting changes going to be heading our way that's going to affect all of us in this community so but um you know this is kind of an emotional emotional day for folks because uh I remember nine years ago when I started this organization, its main mission was to help people become fearless. 
through theme parks and roller coasters. And I will tell you, in the nine years, it has made me a completely different person. I look at everybody in my team here who has came on and be part of this organization. Our mission has helped change so many lives, but I've seen so many changes in my team. I've seen Kim really and her family really transform over the past couple seasons. I've seen Andrew become a much stronger, more confident person than he's ever been in his life. And we've all gone through major challenges throughout the times we were doing this podcast. You know, um, you know, I want to kick it off with Kim. You know, Kim, I, I first met you in Florida, you and your kids. And um, I saw the challenges that you were facing during those times and the stories you've told us, and especially on this podcast. What is the greatest times you've had being a producer on this podcast? Oh, my goodness. The effect that this podcast has had on my life is insurmountable. It's been a domino effect. Literally one thing after another, after another, after another. Absolutely one of the best experiences of my life and has had far more impact than I ever saw coming. I remember when I first met you and Andrew at Hollywood Nights, was introduced to you all by our good friend, John Winnick. And first time I talked to you, David, you're like, yeah, sounds like you've got a great story to share. Here's my card. Send me an email. And my first thoughts were, I'll never hear from him again, but what the heck? I was in the midst of a life-changing journey myself at that point in time. I was in the middle of a three-year journey that resulted in a 135-pound weight loss. And I was working on overcoming fear, you know, just really trying to get myself mentally and physically healthy after being depressed for a number of years after my mother had passed away. And um, at first, I hesitated to send the email because even though I'd made a lot of progress in overcoming fear and becoming mentally stronger, more confident, my biggest fear was still speaking in public or, you know, just hearing the sound of my own voice in a room with nothing else surrounding it. And like, I, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Well, I finally hit the send button. And I was shocked when, you know, you responded back and family did, my family did the interview, me and my kids. And it, uh, that interview released, I think it was on New Year's Eve of uh, 2021. And I was absolutely floored with the responses I got from just that interview. 
And it really surprised me because just listening to the interview at first, when the sound of my own voice, I was cringing <laughs> the entire time. Like, oh my goodness, I actually sound like that. And everything that came back to me from, from listeners was just very positive. Thank you. Many were inspired by what I was doing with weight loss. People were reaching out for advice you know, for help and that sort of thing. And it really surprised me that that many people even paid attention to what I had to say. So the opportunity to join the podcast came along in spring of 2022. And my main mission in doing that at that point in time and I had the time available to commit to it was, you know, to help even more people. So I'm like, if I've helped this many people now, how many more people could I possibly inspire or help, you know, if I joined the podcast full time? So it really helped me overcome my fear of public speaking, which I didn't even realize it happened until I had to speak and do a presentation and staff meeting at work. And for the first time in my life, you know, got up in front of the full faculty and staff and actually enjoyed it. Was laughing, had people laughing with me, had people commenting, had everybody's attention. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the first time in my entire life. At the time, I was 47 years old. I'm like, At 47 years old, I finally conquered my fear of public speaking. This is awesome. And, you know, just the number of people, too that I was able to help and positively impact. And the messages during that time really let me know that the work that I was doing made a difference. And the connections I've made through the podcast, the people, there's been, goodness, I mean, the community and the friendships, slowly but surely, brought me out of a very unconfident, introverted shell <laughs> and um, just made me realize, you know what? If I can do this, I, I can do anything. And um, if I can help, and I, and I want to show other people too, you know, you can do anything you want if you really set your mind to it. And then that, that led to the, you know, next step of the effect the podcast has had on me, once I finished the weight loss, like, you know, a lot of people that lose weight, you have all this loose, flabby skin. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what I can do to, to tone up. And it just, that whole confidence thing, the whole fearlessness, like I've never tried anything like this in my life. I've never been confident enough to try anything like this in my life because I always feel like I'm going to fail. So, you know, starting that, sticking it out, it's led to this new passion, you know, for fitness that I have that has helped me as much as roller coasters. And it's not just affected me, my son, you know, my whole family, just mentally healthier and physically healthier 
than we've ever been. And when I look back, it started with roller coasters. And then the next piece was this podcast and just all the people and connections. And now I'm, I'm looking at my son. He's getting ready to graduate from high school. And, you know, the impact that helping myself has been, been able to have on him. He used to be bullied, no confidence, suicidal. I mean, life was rough for a very long time, for a number of years. And now, oh my goodness, you know, speaking of public speaking, he got up and he did his senior backpack defense at school, had to pre present in front of an entire panel of adults why he's ready to graduate and transition to college. He's public speaking, scored the highest score possible on the defense, you know, with, with autism of all things. <laughs> Congratulations. And now he, he's yeah. ready to graduate. He's got, he has a career path in place and wants to become a state trooper. He's not the same person no. that he was. Oh, no. He's in, 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 the, in, in the number of years you guys have been involved with Coaster Challenge podcast, if you were, folks, if you were to take a before picture of Kim and her family and a picture now, the transformation that the you guys have gone through because of the theme parks, the roller coasters, yeah. and just the mm -hmm. community of the bonding and the friendships and the commodity that you've had amongst the team here. It's really impacted your life. It's really impacted my life. I mean, very similar story. When I started this out, I was a man who just went through a divorce, went through severe depression, who weighs over 300 pounds and had absolutely no confidence, felt like his life was pretty much at into the road at the point. And it took my best friend to challenge me to get on a roller coaster. And when I got on my first roller coaster with an inversion, it completely 180 changed me. Like what, what have I been missing this whole time all through my childhood? And the fact that nine years later, I'm 125 pounds less. I'm far more confident. I'm taking on more leadership roles. I'm, you know, with my job, confident to do the sky jump on my 40th birthday in Las Vegas, which nobody has ever been wanting to do. <laughs> you know, Andrew and I were going to do it with Costa radio at one time for their special in Vegas, but that didn't happen. So, okay. You guys can all do it at my wedding. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do you it. You all have fun. I'll be sitting there going, yeah. Nope. Oh, you're not going to do it. Oh, you're not going to go with us. Mike, oh, might. Mike might do. Mike would probably, yeah. do it. but unfortunately, you can't do it two people at once. Otherwise, I could see the two of them jumping off together, saying "I do." <laughs> yeah, in, in their in their wedding outfit. Yeah. In, in the in the. <laughs> dress. Oh yeah, and that's going to be the icing on the cake that Jay and I have planned for 2024. Because I'm really these days, I don't find myself being afraid literally of just about anything the the final straw is going to be skydiving we were waiting on jay to turn 18 he just turned 18 so next year this year actually now well if it's you guys go to, uh, you go to vegas um the sky jump would be a good example of it's more of a control fall but still it's like a preview of what skydiving 
can really feel like and boy i've got that i just i have no idea right now what my travel is going to look like it's it's difficult with all the transition and stuff that jay's going through with jobs and that sort of thing once we get a better idea once you know when he's closer to graduation of what things are going to look like and what time he may be able to get off i'll be able to plan more things for sure yeah um Kim, uh, just a quick uh, I do. so i don't know if you know a uh coach enthusiast named adam taurus i don't know if you've met adam before he's a friend of mine uh hung out with him at parks multiple times he's a member of coaster crew and coaster crew events with well and really nice really funny guy he was uh one of many 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 people that are and keep the list just in case I live, you know, my own input and Dave and Kim and everyone, um, you know, hey, we should interview this person for this person wants to get interviewed. Um, you know, he's on there. Uh, he'd be really fun to have on. He agreed to be on everything. But again, branding the podcast. Uh, but anyways, he is, uh, he's a Thuzi and he, you know, is tired of not getting any money. And so he not only has skydived, he is. Uh, I, I. He was in the process of, and I think he did succeed in becoming certified in skydiving by doing it again and again and again, and being able to do it on his own. And now he's learning how to fly planes uh, to challenge himself. But um, I think you guys may be friends on Facebook. If you're not, let me know. I can connect you with him. He'd be a great person to talk to about getting into skydiving. So. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we see how much an impact, Andrew. How much has you've been with me for a long time in this organization? I think it was 2018, I believe, is when you joined up. Um, yep. I remember when we first met, um, the, the challenges and situations you were facing then and how you are today, I tell you, you are a much changed person, much better person yep, than I you am. were back then. To the point Thank where you. you're you're exploring and doing even more greater things beyond this podcast, which is very exciting to see. And uh, how much has it really changed you? Yeah, I gosh, reflecting back at this length of time, you know, lately I've been doing it, reflecting more. You know, here we are recording beginning of the new year. I was just reflecting in the past year and how transformative it was, and posted about that on Facebook and. You guys may have seen that, but looking back now, what looking at what six years almost five six years, that's hugely you know transformative given everything that's gone on with us here in this organization. You and I, David, and adding on you know first having Jenna there, you know, adding on Kim, Michael, you know, and so forth. But uh, just my life, how much my life has changed, and all the challenges I faced. But just reflecting back to the beginning of you know the first time you and I met. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've told this story before that it was by chance that you and I met and you and I nearly did not meet. And who knows if we had ever would ever have met after this, um, because uh, I you and I had signed up to be seat fillers, as Ace often does. Uh, I've done it here in Florida uh, to uh, for filming for a media day event. Uh, to make sure every seat is occupied when they're filming with, you know, with media, with journalists and bloggers and everyone else. Uh, and this was for Electric Eel opening in May of 2018 at SeaWorld San Diego, my home park back then when I lived in San Diego at the time. But um, I was about to move. 
I was about a week away from making the big move and the the move that I am most happy I've made in my life. I've lived all over the country, lived in some amazing places, but I've not been anywhere near as happy as I have been living in Florida. And it's part of the transformation that I've gone through these past five years of living in Florida. Um, but because I was about to move in a week, I thought that morning, oh my gosh, you know, do I, I, do I need to cancel? I've got so much going on. We're packing. I've still got work, you know, still working at the time. I had not left my job until, you know, a week later. And I almost didn't go, David, but wow, I am sure glad that I did. Not because of riding Electric Eel, another Skyrocket 2 clone, you know, what? who cares? Uh, it was it was because I met you and how meaningful that day was for that and how impactful that day was. And, you know, I, I was there by myself. A lot of people were. We were just seat fillers. And I was not terribly active in ACE in California, uh, only because I just was so busy. I was traveling constantly for work. I don't really know many people there. And so, you know, it was nice starting to talk to you. We had a lot in common. We got along well. I remember being fascinated with your uh, camera sunglasses and talking to you about that. And, you know, we then we struck up such a nice time together that we, after the media event, was done they were done filming they said we could go you and i went ahead and rode uh, manta um and uh, just had a nice time exchanged numbers and you know i thought maybe i made a new friend and i thought well you know it's nice to make a new friend but too bad i'm leaving california i'm not gonna probably see this guy you know maybe not ever but you know you never know and you and i started chatting we connected on social media facebook especially back then and i forget how it all went down but we we kept in touch and within a couple of months, by that summer, you approached me and asked me if I'd like to join the organization and join Coaster Challenge, which at that point was the YouTube channel. And I, you know, very happily did and started helping out with the organization, um, you know, covering new ride openings, uh, joined media lists for uh, got, got, you know, connected with parks, PR reps and got onto media lists and was able to. Uh, have Coaster Challenge start to get the word out about ourselves and also cover new ride openings and park events, uh, especially, but not only, but especially with SeaWorld Orlando. I've done more media events there than anyone else, but uh, certainly other parks as well. Carowinds, uh, Busch Gardens, Tampa. Um, we've been invited to events at Dollywood, not be able to make it. Same thing with Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. Uh, I think there's been other parks as well. And of course, David, you've been to media events yourself at places like uh, uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain, and so forth. So we've gotten to go to a lot of media events. Uh, but anyway, I did my first media event. It was for um, the opening of Infinity Falls in October of 2018. And that was pretty cool, being able to represent this great organization. Uh, and, and speaking of representing this great organization, David, you remember me telling you this. One of the things that stuck out about Coaster Challenge when I met you for the first time, David, in SeaWorld San Diego in May of 2018 was and i remember telling you this that you know i had i knew of youtube channels i'm not a big youtube consumer but i knew of youtube and you have coaster channels on there and i got the impression that a lot of them are you know they're just trying to make a buck but you made it clear with how you explained coaster challenge to me the coaster challenge is a uh it's a charity not, not looking to make any profit not making any profit uh and anything that is potentially profit is donated to charity and really what Coaster Challenge is about is not making a money. It's about helping people face their fears and live better lives. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. And again, that's why I was so happy to join the organization. And, 
you know, one thing led to another. We did YouTube for a while. And then, you know, it was great doing something so positive. And then something special happened. And I thought the special thing that happened was going to be a unique event because it was so amazing how it happened and everything. And I never thought this event, which I'm about, about to describe, would turn into something that would happen again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And that special event was I was in China, went there for work in March of 2019 for two weeks. And I built in time, as I often do with my international trips that are business trips, you know, the weekend, having a jet lag recovery day, taking some PTO, whatever it may be, where I have free time. And I had enough free time that I built into that trip to go to, I think it was about six different parks. And one of the parks I went to that trip was Hong Kong Disneyland, or excuse me, Shanghai Disneyland. I'd been to Hong Kong before, but Shanghai Disneyland. This was a mainland China trip. And remember, David, I was talking to you over uh, probably FaceTime audio back then over Wi-Fi uh, throughout the trip, keeping you updated. I was doing filming for Coaster Challenge. And I was supposed to go, I forget what park it was, the very last day of the trip. And it was going to be a, a couple train rides. It was going to be hours. It was kind of a little bit worn out. Great trip. Had a lot of fun. But, you know, Coaster trips, they can wear us out even the best ones. And I was just not having it. I was like, you know, I just don't feel like going all the way over there. And meanwhile, I had had so much fun having already been to Shanghai Disneyland the first day of that trip. And I remember asking you, David, Hey, is it okay if I don't go to this other park and not get footage there? Is it okay if I just go back to Shanghai Disneyland? And you said, yeah, that's fine. You've already gotten a lot of footage from these other parks that we can use. It's great. It's fine. And how fortuitous that was, David, because I went back to Shanghai Disney, had a great time again, but, uh, and I've told this story before on the podcast, but uh, in the middle of the line, one of my marathon marathons I was doing on Tron, is Tron uh, Light Cycle Power Run, it was a pretty dead park in general, and that ride was almost a walk-on. So why not, you know, first I'm going to, you know, Disney's best career, I know, hot take, but still hold by that. Um uh, why am I not going to uh, marathon that while I'm there? Um, and along with marathoning, by the way, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean's um, Battle for the Sunken Treasure, the famous uh, dark ride they have there for pirates, that again was almost a walk-on. So it did that a whole bunch of times. But anyways, was in the middle of marathoning Tron, and so fortuitously, in the short line that I was on, this guy behind me says, BMW, and I had a BMW um, uh, Andrew, you're breaking up. Wow, it's someone. You're breaking up, Andrew. Your signal. All right, hang, hang on just a second. Hang on. Uh, yeah, so I sound better now? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stay Go back to the BMW. Go back to the BMW. Okay, got it. So I hear someone say BMW, and it turns out it was because I was wearing a BMW hat. And I turn around to the person that said that, and I was wearing a Coaster Challenge shirt. And it's more that those shirts we had back then, they were more obvious what, what Coaster Challenge and stating Coaster Challenge on the front and the back. Turn around, and he sees Coaster Challenge. Turns out he knows Coaster Challenge because he's a good friend of David's, and he and his son are both friends of David's, and his son was where they're with him. And this is, of course, Chuck and Chase Cole. Chuck being one of our very few repeat guests here on the podcast. And he introduces himself to me and 
says, yeah, yeah, I know David, David from Coaster Challenge. Anyway, a wonderful friendship was born and we hang, hung out the rest of the day there. And so that unique event that I thought was going to be that one time only event is making a friend, making, you know, meeting someone awesome that is impactful in my life. And I can be impactful on their lives because of this channel, because of Coaster Challenge. But, oh, my gosh, nothing against you, Chuck and Chase. And hopefully you're listening, probably are listening. Um, you guys are amazing, but you got, and you guys are special. You guys are awesome. But you're not special in this way because I may, I've made so many amazing friends from this, being a part of this, of this movement of Coaster Challenge. You know, the, the channel to begin with and then eventually the podcast. Just, you know, and, and it doesn't even have to go beyond this room. You know, Jenna. David, of course, I've already talked about meeting you, David, Kim, you know, again, the, the, the bonds that we built, but then if we go beyond this quote unquote virtual room here, just the people that I have met through connecting with people, people becoming fans of the show or wanting to be on the show or just events, meetups that I've been a part of because of this, uh, because of being part of Coaster Challenge, just so many people. I'm not going to try and name all the names, but Larry and Gene, you know, Larry was friends with you first, David, and then he friended me, uh, you know, because we connected the Coaster Challenge, and, you know, we, we were part of, you know, I was part of that with you, and Larry and I still would talk forever, you know, on, on social media, and then eventually met and met Gene along with him, and look at that amazing friendship and how amazing people they are, and, and they're like a mom and dad to me, and literally, I will talk to them about advice if I am going through something rough, and, you know, certainly I help them, too. But not as a, not so much as a parental thing, more as just helping out friends. I like helping out friends when I can, uh, but just being there for each other. Um, you know, of course, I already met, mentioned Chuck, uh, you know, Jeff Tucker, what an awesome friend he's become. And it's just been so great knowing him and hanging out with him. Uh, the joiners, of course, Jeff and Logan, uh, Dylan and Scott, uh, uh, the Strubies, Oliver and Walt and, and, and Shana, his, his mom and his dad, amazing people. Um, Brian Halem, I mean, so, so many people, so many people, Ian, I mean, I, again, I can't go through them all, but just awesome friends that have come out of this great, meaningful relationships, you know, not just casual friendships that have come out of this. Um, and then, you know, looking at the impact that we've made, especially with the podcast, you know, things like the nine 11 episode, our, our meetup that we did in the very first season. And, and, you know, and then, you know, having pivotal interviews like, like McLean Waddell and learning that because of our interview with him, that he is, was approached for doing a documentary and is working on getting a documentary made about how transformative roller coasters have been in his life, saving his life, allowing him to deal with that being, uh, having been diagnosed and, and the dealing with the impacts of bi bipolar disorder. Um, just incredible. And then David, I got to tell you, Another major impact that I see from, from what we've done here, some, one of my favorite moments, it's, it's a little bit of um, bittersweet. When you put out the announcement, which is now about a month, month and a half ago, on social media, that we had to end Ghoster Challenge. And by the way, I think this is probably a, a good time to mention. Um, and again, David, Kim, Jenna, please still add on to this as you will, as you wish. Uh, folks, everyone listening, we are not ending Coaster Challenge for any any bad reason. No one has threatened us. 
you know, we don't have people canceling us, you know, there's nothing like that. This, this, this is ending because we've all grown so much in our lives that we have got so much going on in our lives beyond coaster challenge that David, especially, but Kim and I as well, that we unfortunately don't have the time for it anymore. And that is why, because we're not being canceled or anything, there's nothing negative. That's why we would try to make it clear that this may not be a goodbye forever. This is just a goodbye for now, because right now things are way too crazy and they're going to be crazy, you know, a lot of it. And for a good reason for the foreseeable future. But anyways, when David, when you made that announcement, holy cow, holy cow, the people that started messaging me and texting me and calling me, is everything okay? Is David okay? Oh my gosh, why are you ending the podcast? Are you sure you're going to end it? You know, maybe you can, you know, keep it going. And it's all these people telling me how much they 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 appreciate what we do. And some of these people I hadn't yeah. had not heard from in oh, years. Yeah, I, I was Facebook tell. friends with them, but never talked to them. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> I will tell you that uh, after I made that announcement in December. I was, I, I'm echoing what you're saying. I had so many messages and phone calls, Facebook messenger phone calls, even from people that we didn't consider friends were even calling in concern. Like, are you guys okay over there? And it's like, oh no, everything's fine. It's just like you said in the past, this past season, um, we had big plans for this network. Like we were branching out. We were going to start going back to YouTube and we were going to do a, a variety of series that we announced back in the fall. But it's amazing how within a month or two, a person's life can change on the flip of a dime. And Kim's life completely changed that fall. Andrew's life has changed. Jenna's life has changed. My, my career has changed. My way of life, uh, everything I've been doing in my personal life was changing. I was taking on more responsibilities. I'm having to take care of my family a little more. I've been having to take care of my mental health and my uh, and my own general physical health um, from the challenges I had dealt with the past couple of years. It's just that life has really, and also the way how the country's been going with the economy, the inflation. Um, it's impacting everyone's lives from coast to coast. And so all our lives have just been changing since I would say since the pandemic, our lives were slowly changing. And then all of a sudden here comes 2023 and all of a sudden, woof, it was like full, full, like maximum overdrive on everything that was going on. And that's one reason why like Andrew would have interviews, Kim would have interviews, but I would be having to rush into the studio, get the Zoom going, and then I had to go run off to my job. And there were times where I couldn't make it to the studio and we had to cancel interviews. It's because my personal life has been so demanding, such, such, uh, and it's in a good way of this demand because um, I had to make more money. I had to increase my income. I had to take on more higher positions and stuff. And uh, so it's, it was a, it was with heavy heart when Kim told me that she, her life was changing, her career was changing and she, and then she had to focus on her family that she had to step aside for a while. She wasn't, she didn't quit. She said, I just can't do interviews at this time. So she stepped aside. And then Andrew's life was getting very busy too. 
And but we were trying to, and then Jenna had her challenges and her busy life going on. You know, I mean, she's she's engaged to be married. She's getting married this year. You know, so it's a big, major thing going on. And but it it just it was I had to make the critical decision. And I told everybody, I said, you know, guys, our lives are really changing, and we just don't have time to continue on this uh, this podcast, this mission. I said so. I think we should uh, sunset it for now, and maybe when the right time comes that we may return. So it's not like a a full goodbye. It's it's we'll see you. We'll see you. See ya. See you on the flip side. Yeah, basically. basically. We'll see you. In the there you go. Yeah, and I'd like to tag off real quick of what David and Andrew said. You know, talking about for very good things. You know, I shared earlier all the. Uh, progress that my son has made and um my daughter's life has completely made a turn for the better as well but that's also led me to a point where i'm committing more of my time to making sure she can participate in school activities she was much like my son she went through a period of clinical depression that I was unaware of and, you know, talking about positive aspects of the podcast and the coaster community. She's now doing very, very well. Now I've got one, you know, one child getting ready to graduate high school. Well, my daughter just started high school and she's doing so well as a matter of fact that she wanted to get involved in, in school activities. And um, she recently just performed in the urban Netcracker, which is the first play that she's been in since elementary school. So it was really nice to see her renew her passion for performing. But that also involves me taking her back and forth <laughs> to a lot of practices, late night hours and that sort of thing. It's a big time commitment. Yeah. You know, then her performance week, she was hardly home the entire week. She's gotten involved in choir and some different things. And, um, you know, now that we're in our quote-unquote coaster off-season here that we have to suffer through here in my part of the world, um, we're doing other things. There's, th there's things that she enjoys doing with me outside of theme and amusement parks. And I love every minute of ever being able to help other people. But when you're spending all of your time helping the rest of the world, and if that leads to neglecting people in your own household, it's time to make a change. Yeah. So, and also, yeah. you know, one of the things I was talking about, <clears throat> sorry, with David and Andrew before making this decision, my school district underwent a huge change of schedule. So in addition to all the things I'm doing with my daughter, I also discussed, you know, my commitment to fitness. There's no way I can maintain a regular exercise schedule in addition to what I'm doing with my family with the work I was doing for the podcast. David and Andrew, I consider amongst two of my dearest friends in the entire world. There's Same. been no change there. If anything, we've grown closer over the years and those relationships are not going anywhere. So I just wanted to share my piece of that. Yeah. That's another thing like like you mentioned about you know, like what Lily's doing with the play and everything. That's what's been going on in my life. On top of, you know, taking on more responsibilities with my job, 
I also have other passions, but another passion, and if it wasn't because of Coaster Challenge and giving me the confidence and the courage and to face to become fearless, but also the past couple of years, you all know, because we've all been a family here, you all know the challenges that I personally went through in my life the past couple of years. It was a lot, it was a lot of heavy load that was poured on me, and that included losing a child. And I really had some mental challenges hit my way in 2022. And now that the changes I had to do is that I had to figure out what other passions. Well, because of everything I learned from Coaster Challenge, I'm now doing martial arts. And it's not about learning self-defense self and, and, and discipline here. The key thing, I, I just sat down earlier today with my sensei and we were having a nice conversation. And he told me, he goes, it's about mental and meditation it's about concentration building up your confidence even more that's what martial arts does it takes what you've learned and what you what your it takes your challenges and it helps you become even better more focused more concentrated and i will tell you that taking martial arts has really made an impact in my mental and that's why i have also have am allocating more time to that because it's helping me get in better shape. It's helping me ment getting me better in mental shape. It's doing a full circle that a person needs in their life to become balanced. You got to find a balance in life and martial arts has actually helped guide me to find that balance. Cause I was so in balance the past couple of years that I just stood up and said, I can't take this anymore. I got to do something here. And I literally stood up and I said, the pandemic made us go upside down. But now it's time to get right side back up and it's time to find that balance. So I'm on this mission, continuing with my weight loss, getting back in shape, getting back in the mental shape, you know, focusing on my family and my friends and, and just focusing on my career and, you know, I, I got a lot to think about this organization and this mission because um, it helped me get this path to where I'm at right now. And you and fantastic. I, yeah, it is. And I, you and I, our, our stories right there are so similar because that was one of the comments I made to someone when they asked me about, you know, why I don't, you know, think I have the time versus when I did. And I said, it's, it's impossible to maintain my level, current level of physical fitness or make any further progress with the rest of my schedule if I'm constantly sitting in front of a computer. And um, it's like you said, it's, it's all about balance. And I'm so glad that you found martial arts because that is exactly, hits the nail on the head, what fitness has done for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Jenna, um, I actually want uh, Jenna. I know that you're not a coaster enthusiast, but you've been a theme park enthusiast because you're a Disney person. But we've always had that conversation in this podcast. But you've been with me also in the nine years. You've gone with me to parks. Um, you and you and Mike have also, Mike has gone with me. He's been in Florida. You guys have also gone to parks, just the two of you, too. We go to the we go to Disneyland anytime we can. Yeah. But, <laughs> Let's but, be honest. Yeah, but my thing is, how much has this organization has impacted you? 
I think I'm being bringing out that there are there is a community out there. Because um, before you even started this, I never knew there was a community for roller coasters. And that would have been nice to know when we were in high school and stuff. Jeez. Um, but getting to meet new people like Andrew, like Kim, um, and a few others that I've gotten to meet along the way has been really kind of really nice because, you know, it shows that there's that diversity, you know, of everything. doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Everybody kind of has their own, you know, they know their limitations. They know what they like. They know what they want to do. They, you know, they have these goals for themselves. And, you know, I, I mean, being with Mike for now five will be five years in February. He's opened me up to, you know, there's a motocross community. He, he does motocross and how all of his, you know, all the people there. So it's been interesting the last nine years, probably longer than that for me of just having people show up that I never even knew about, you know, showing up, coming across my path. But I will say that Coaster Challenge has changed you over the years because I know you love Halloween, but over the years, you have taken the challenge to go to Not Scary Farm. Yes, I been... still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember... Before this, you would never go into a maze. You never did any haunt, major haunt events that were scary like that. But over time, every year as we were going to Scary Farm, I think you were you were doing it. You you were facing your fears. You you were going in the mazes and yeah. But I don't think it was so much a fear for me of going into the maze. Like I know that. The maze is, there's nothing in the maze that's going to hurt me. It's the fact that it's the control. Like, I don't have that control. That's the part that is the unnerving part. It's like, okay, we go into these things and it's like, I don't have control of my surroundings. That's yeah. why when you noticed when we went the first time to Universal, if you noticed, I was like constantly looking around like, okay, somebody's going to be popping out at that corner or that corner or that so for me, it's more of a mental thing of like where everybody's going to be popping out to possibly scare me. Yeah. And. Um, but overall, you were doing it. I mean, there was not a there was a time where we could not just like me. I, you couldn't get me in a maze. You couldn't get me in a maze at all. I was like you. And then over time, as we were doing this and I was riding roller coasters and it was making me a fearless person. The next challenge in my life was I needed to get through to have the courage to do the haunts. And this past nine years, it inspired me to do my own personal haunt, which I'm sad to say is coming to an yeah. end as well. You know, that's a that's a conversation for another day. When we went to Universal and we went on the tram ride, the tram, yeah. terror tram. Terror tram. And the guy literally brought the saw the chainsaw up between my leg and i told you like i hate when they do that crap yeah. and the guy just like he sat there and left it there for the longest time and because i wouldn't budge i wouldn't move i wouldn't say anything he finally just gave up you could see like he was just like screw it like i'm fine i'm gonna move on to somebody else and it was just like 
Thank God. <laughs> yeah. That terror tram was interesting because I didn't know they were going to make us get off in the middle yeah. of the lot. And it was kind of cool to go through the War of the Worlds disaster, plane disaster area. Um, and then going psycho through the base house. motel with the psycho house, walking through all that with all the haunt added to it. That was pretty amazing. Um, just like Scary Farm. Um, now it's become a tradition, which I will say will still be a tradition even after this this episode. But we will still have our tradition of going to Scary Farm. Or at least try to. We need to make it this year. Yeah. Yes. Actually, yes. yes. And so I will say that. And also... During out this time, you know, Coaster Challenge, you used to be afraid. I know you, you will always be afraid of X. X2, not my ride. You know, next two. But I am I am proud of you because you got on West Coast Racers. Yeah. You got on Wonder Woman. Yeah. The RMC single rail at Magic Mountain. Love but that. you also, I'm a little jealous because you got to ride. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> You got to go to Hershey Park that I haven't got to go yet in the nine years I've been doing this, but you got to go to Hershey Park and write Candemonium before me. <laughs> well, you also got to remember, I was also on the truck with Michael, and he has a yard in Car uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So we decided to do the 34 reset. For people that don't know anything about trucking, a 34 reset is basically they shut the truck down for 34 hours to re regain time on their clocks. To drive. So we shut down for the 34 hours, drove out to Hershey, Pennsylvania, which was, I think, a 30-minute drive, maybe an hour drive, to go to Hershey Park on the worst day possible. It was so humid and so hot that the water park that's inside Hershey Park had a four-hour line just for the Lazy River, and they were timing people. After two hours, they were kicking people out of the... Wow. And so we were like, we will never do that again. Like, <laughs> And people were mad because of, of that. And it was like, yeah. That, that is that, crazy. That gave us more time to get on the other roller coasters, but we kind of found ourselves kind of like circling around and going, where are the front of these roller coasters? Like, we kept we kept going past certain roller coasters and we were like, okay, well, where's the front of it? Like we couldn't even find the front of the roller coasters. And it was or she can be confusing like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we like, we end up going over to their, their zoo that you can walk across the bridge and go into the zoo and see their little zoo area. Came back. We managed, the only reason why we managed to get on Candemonium is because it was right there in the front. Like you couldn't miss it. You walked in the gate Oh look, there's Candemonium. Okay, all the other part, all the other ones were like hidden. We were kind of like having to search. It almost felt like a scavenger hunt. Okay, where is this one now? Uh, I think it's over there. No, wait a minute. That goes to that right. What right is? Where are these rides? Like, yeah, it was crazy. Someday, even though um, even though Coaster Challenge is uh, sunsetting, but I still plan to travel. And the one area I. You know, I've gotten the I've gotten the travel just about everywhere in this country except the Northeast, in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New England. So in my time, I do plan to continue to travel in well, that area. We're I, hoping as a family to be able to get out to Florida because Shelby wants to do all the parks. 
she wants to do all the water parks and the regular theme parks. And I told her that's going to be really difficult because that's going to take a lot, a lot of time. I told her we should split it up. We should do like the theme parks, like Disneyland, Universal, Sea World, and Tampa, and then go back another time and do all the water parks. But um. Well, well, if I could, Jenna, if I could give you some advice, and of course, let me know when you're coming. If I'm around, I would love to see you guys. I would actually do things differently. I would split them up because, especially if you come in the summer, uh, if she, when she's out of school and all that, you know, because uh, it's hot and humidity, speaking like Hershey, I would break up your park days and have water park days and rest days. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made here in Florida is when it's hot and humid, hitting the parks, like hitting Disney and doing try, you know, amusement park, theme park day, bang, you know, one after the other, after the other, after the other, no rest days, and no chilling out days, you know, water parks are, you know, more, you know, chill, easy going, right. you get a break. So I actually suggest you include some of the water parks in between some of your other park days. Well, so. see, I'm more curious, I'm more, like, I want to go more to Disney World, because I haven't been there since 90, when I was nine. So, like, my biggest thing is I want to go to Disney World and do all the new stuff that wasn't there back in the 90s. Like, you know, the Animal Kingdom. They've changed over the MGM to the Hollywood Studio. Um, and they've added more. Epcot, I know. I mean, they've added more to it. And it's like, I just kind of want to go back. Because when we went when I was nine, it's a different... Very different. A very different perspective. When you're nine, it's one thing, you know... you get to Disneyland, oh my god, the castle's so big, and then when you're an adult, you're like, wow, that castle really isn't that big, but it's a different perspective from what you see to what, you know, how you see as you grow, and I know having the, the two grandkids, it would be interesting to see their perspective of, you know, everything. I know this February, we're going to take the youngest, Cece, to go do, um, the Bibby Bobbity Boutique, so she can dress up as a princess for a day and cost us, you know, 200 and some odd dollars. <laughs> but it's her early birthday present because we have the wedding in July. Her birth is in July. So we're trying to figure everything out around the wedding date for this year. And, but I think, I think just getting to take them would be kind of interesting to see how they yeah. react to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything is different from California's Disney to Florida's Disney. So if yeah. uh if I could just uh mention because I kinda did you know everyone else kinda mentioned but I didn't need a chance to uh talk about, you know, the some of the kind of top level changes with me that have led me to not have really much of any time for the podcast anymore. Uh one of them is I started a new job in September, which it involves me traveling more for work i.e. I'm going to not one, not two, but three different trade shows this month alone here in January. That's basically three weeks out of the month traveling for work. That's not every month like that, but you know, more travel than my last job certainly involved. Uh, but the other thing that's been very much a big change in my life that I'm very excited about, and it's, I guess, me kind of uh, following my own advice, if you will, uh, I've given this advice multiple times to our audience at large in the podcast here through the history of it, talking about those coaster enthusiasts that only love coasters. 
They don't love the rest of the aspects of parks. They don't care about dark rides. They don't care about theming. Uh, or they just, you know, maybe they like that stuff too, but they don't have other hobbies. They just do the parks. And I've got quite a few friends like that. Doesn't make them bad people. But, uh, you know, talk about how it's good to have other hobbies and other interests and not have the blinders on. Well, not that I didn't have any other hobbies myself, but uh, through the uh, generosity of a very close friend of mine here in Florida this past March, uh, we discovered a hobby of mine that I had forgotten about. And it relates to a kind of a bigger passion of mine, which is travel. I love traveling. And that is cruising. And she got me back into cruising. And, well, to be quite frank, I learned how awesome cruising is when you're not uh, traveling with your narcissistic now ex-husband. <laughs> so, uh, big difference. Uh, so, you know, now that I'm with positive people, traveling with friends, and like my friend that took me on the, that cruise back in March, uh, and I rediscovered how much I love cruising. And this may seem like sacrilege uh, to the audience here listening, maybe you guys, cause, you know, theme park fans and stuff. But I love cruising at least as much as I love parks. And I might like cruising more, believe it or not. It might be a bigger passion of mine. Oh, it's, and, another, you know? it's another favorite of mine. <laughs> I've, I've been on two cruises, both with Carnival. And I enjoyed each one. The The longest one was a Mexican Riviera cruise. It was a seven-day cruise. And I was on a brand-new ship. And it was I had the most awesome time of my life. It was my honeymoon, that 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 trip. And then me and, nice. me and my closest high school friends, we went on a four-day cruise to Ensenada, which we went to Catalina Island off of California coast. And I got to walk Catalina for the first time. And it was a really very cool island because there's really no cars on Catalina. It's all golf carts and everybody drives around the towns on golf carts. And there's a casino there at the at Catalina around the port. And then uh, from there, we sailed all the way to Ensenada and got to walk the streets. Cause I've been to Puerto Vallarta. I've been to Mazalon. I've been to Cabo San Lucas. Now I've been to Ensenada and I've also been to Cancun and so I've been around all areas of Mexico, which is nice. But I do want to go on a Hawaiian cruise, an Alaskan cruise, the Caribbean. I want to uh. try this <laughs> eventually. But I do want to try, you know, Royal Caribbean cruise. Oh, yeah. That's my Norwegian favorite. Norwegian was That's a nice favorite. cruise. That's what I did they are. in 2014. Yeah. Because I had done when disney in florida first did their disney cruise line it was the big red boat i don't know if you remember that andrew um i do i remember those ads from what was it the late 80s early 90s like that yeah it was like around that yeah. time the late 80s early 90s yeah. and we did that when i was again when we went out to florida when i was nine and i kind of want to go I want to go on their actual cruise line now, knowing that they have an actual, like, dedicated cruise line, not yeah. just, oh, you're going to be going on. I think it was Carnival at that time. Especially the Disney's um, newest ship now has a bar area that's themed for the Haunted Mansion. I was just thinking of telling you that, Jenna. Oh, yeah. my God. We got to go. <laughs> it's not sailing until the end of this year out of Port Canaveral. It's the new it. Disney oh. Treasure. Their new ship is coming out. It sounds amazing. Uh, Mike Collins, another friend we've made through through the podcast here and through my fandom of uh, Coaster Radio, was just I uh, recently heard of him talking about in a podcast. He loves theme bars and and uh, you know things like Trader Sam's and things like that. 
and he he just wants to go on that. He wants to go on the Disney Treasure and just hang out at the Haunted Mansion bar the whole time, just the whole time each night. You know, I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) down. Let's go. I'm down. Um, Yeah, me me and Mike were talking about doing uh, because you had brought it up actually for our honeymoon, doing a Hawaiian cruise line because Mike wants to go to see Pearl Harbor and not just be stuck on one island. Yeah, and I I have family that's in Kauai, so it was like that. What I liked about that Hawaiian cruise, and you could, and Disney does the same thing too, and so does Carnival, and I think Royal Caribbean does the same thing. I don't know if Royal Caribbean leaves San Diego or L.A. port, but I know that you visit, you visit all the islands in Hawaii. Yeah, and you get a day on each island, and uh, that would be nice to experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I can't wait for for some of the new changes at Disneyland, though. Yeah, there's already going on with Haunted Mansion going to be closing. On the 22nd, uh, I have to go out there before the 22nd so I can get the Haunted Mansion fixed before yeah. then. And then uh, Splash Mountain is is progressing. It's, it's transforming pretty are quickly. talking about it being open by the end of 2024 sometime, yeah, sometime. late 2024. And then, um, yeah, there's uh, major projects going on in downtown Disney. Um yeah, yeah. Like but to, but but uh, I will tell you, I'm looking forward in 2025 when Epic Universe over in Florida from Universal. Oh yeah, bring it on, bring it yeah. on. I, yeah. you know, of course, I live only a couple miles away from the site of Epic Universe, so I drive by there all the time. Yeah. And as I'm running around doing my stuff when I'm here in Florida, and the 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 rate at which things are sprouting up, the coaster track and these epically large. Speaking of epic. Uh, show buildings that are going to house some of these indoor attractions, like the New Potter attraction and the the, the um, Frankenstein uh, Universal Monsters attraction, etc. That park, I mean, they're calling it Epic Universe, and the the epic scale of it is insane. And uh, one of my buddies, uh, my friend Sean, who used to work at Velocicoaster, he just uh, transferred over full time to Epic Universe as a team member over there, and I'm very excited for him. It's going to be some some park when it opens. So maybe try convincing Shelby to take a for us to all go in twenty twenty five. We know when that's opening up in twenty twenty five. Oh, probably. They haven't announced it, but at the rate they're going, it I could see it being spring. Yeah, I'm predicting spring when the coaster season kicks off. In okay, general, what's the weather like in spring out there? Oh, it's nice. Um, the humidity Very in nice. Florida doesn't start until like what June through September is when the humidity starts. May 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 the humidity starts up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so a good time would be, you know, like February, March, April, or like October, November, December. Yeah. Uh, well, this gets in a whole other conversation, but <laughs> I've had this conversation with Kim before. Uh, the best time to come to Florida is now, is at, right after the holidays and a whole month of January. It can get chilly here, but it's not hot or humid, and a lot of days are 70s, great weather. Parks are dead. Is that for the holidays? The problem with February and March, you got spring break, even into April. Uh, April and May can be slower, depending upon when Easter lands in a given year. That affects spring breaks. Uh, then once you get into the end of May, school is out. So your summer gets busy with all the kids and families, you know, from the end of May through, through August. And then you get Halloween and all the haunts. And that fills up the parks from August, September, October. And then by the time you get to November, you get the holidays. So... The parks are fairly busy almost year-round. It's basically maybe January, April, and maybe 
the first half of November and the first half of December can be slower, but watch out for the holidays. It also, it also, it also depends what the parks are opening that year too. That might draw yes. the crowds. My thing is if we went as a family in October, we would get to see the Halloween side of Disney World and the other parks. In Universal yep. Florida, I will tell you, from somebody who's from California, who Universal Hollywood is is in his backyard. But I will tell you, I've been to Horror Nights at Florida twice. And I will tell you, Universal Florida does a much better job with Horror Nights than, California. than Hollywood does. Oh, yeah, they do. The only thing that Hollywood has an advantage of is the Terra Tram is probably one of the best uh, ones there, and Florida doesn't have the Terra Tram. Actually, you're the first one to get to get me on the Terra Tram and off of the Terra Tram going through the maze. Yeah. So because I had somebody else try doing that, and it didn't work out very well. Yeah. I stayed on the so, tram. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, there's a lot of exciting things. It's funny that we're talking about the the industry, we're talking about our, our other passions because. We were also noticing that, you know, starting next year, we probably won't see much of a difference until 2025. 2025 seems to be the year that the theme parks are really going to be booming. But the one biggest booming, and it's something that has already been announced, but we haven't really talked about it as a team here on the podcast. Everybody else has. So we're kind of late to the party on this one. But I was not shocked to hear about Six Flags and Cedar Fair merging. I really wasn't shocked to hear because we've heard that there was possibilities of that years ago. They were talking about merging. And for some for me on my business background, it didn't surprise me to hear that they were going to merge because uh, let's just face it, um, the theme park industry, I would say this past couple of years since the pandemic has gone through some challenges major challenges and especially with attendance and cost of uh, food cost of merchandise and everything um so i think um it's going to be very interesting about what uh cedar fair and six flags are going to be doing in 2025 it's going to be interesting yeah time will tell i'm optimistic that it'll you know the, the parks will get better you know i'm not one of those people that's like oh it's going to get worse i make jokes about it but you know we'll see time will tell so, yeah. What are your thoughts about that, Kim? I thought that um, with the economy being in the shape that it's in right now, that it made perfect sense financially for them to merge because the thing a lot of people don't seem to realize is, you know, I see people complaining about cut hours, you know, short staff, attractions being closed when they go to parks. The thing a lot of people seem to be unaware of is the fact that even though, you know, parks like Kings Island and stuff are bringing in huge numbers of people, their cost of everything has skyrocketed as well. And yep. the reality is the economy we're in, if they don't do something, parks are going to be closing. Yeah. And I don't want to see that. And, um, you know, I hear people talk about coaster wars for now with the current state 
of the economy until something changes. It's just my opinion. The coaster wars are almost a, th a thing of the past. Yep. I mean, look yep. at next year. It's the year of family coasters. Why is it the year of family coasters? Because families are who make up the largest attendees of the parks. Yep. They bring, money. They're the ones that are bringing the money in. And if you're not catering to the families and bringing people in, you're not going to get as much, you know, money coming in the door. Plus, family coasters are far less expensive. Yep. So you get bigger bang for less buck. And honestly, I just think these companies are doing what is necessary to keep their heads above water. You know, and I really think it's going to be a win-win. I'm very optimistic. Yeah, I think so too. And um, and just for the, I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media in the coaster community, which I have to say was very sickening in my stomach what people are saying on social media. Um, if you're not a business, if you, if you don't have a, if, if you don't have a background in understanding business, especially in the theme park industry, you know, I understand people have opinions, but it's like, you guys need to uh, really sit down and do your research before you go making accusations on social media because it was very disgusting. Um, the one thing I will tell you about this merger is, yeah, um, people were worried that it's going to be like Six Flags quality. Well, I'm a stockholder, and uh, the one thing I will tell you that the the business is all going to be – Cedar Fair is going to be the majority management of this new merger, which is a good thing because Cedar Fair tends to have a higher quality – uh, standard in their parks than Six Flags does. Six Flags just does the bare minimum, and uh, they don't they don't invest too much in some parks. But I know Magic Mountain and Fiesta Texas are some of their best parks, along with Great America. And um, I'm optimistic that everyone's all concerned about Cedar Point and Kings Island and uh, Carowinds and uh, Knott's Berry Farm. And I turned around. I said, "I don't think you're going to see a change in that path, in those parks. In fact, what I may see is we may see some of the Six Flags parks get upgrades to Cedar Fair quality style, which is something some Six Flags parks definitely need. They need the the, the quality upgrades that they need. And yep. And with Cedar Fair CEO being on the helm, I'm more confident that I think the Six Flags parks are going to benefit a little more. And and I love the fact that as a consumer, I won't have to pay double for two different passes or memberships that I can just have one one pass to get me in now to both Knots and Six Flags Magic Mountain. That's pretty incredible because <laughs> I'm I'm paying almost double with both parks separately. And it's and when money's tight, you have to make this there's times I had to make a decision. What pass do I keep and what pass do I discontinue? And I'll tell you up front, um, I had to discontinue my SeaWorld pass. I had to discontinue my Universal pass. But I'm keeping Cedar Fair. I'm keeping Six Flags and I'm keeping my Disney because I do visit those parks as much as I can. And I love those parks. And um, But like I said, I, I got to be optimistic that there's a reason why they're doing this merger is to prevent from parks from closing. And they got to compete with other industries like SeaWorld, Disney, Universal, Hershen. I mean, Hershen's growing. Hershen's actually doing pretty good, you know. And uh, 
But we'll see what happens. Right now, the merger still has to be approved by the FCC. So right now, we haven't heard anything about that. So we're just going to have to be optimistic that everything will be good. And I think 2025 in general is going to be a great year for the theme park industry again. And it needs it. All all the companies, Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, Cedar Fair, Six Flags, they all need to have a good year. Because the last few years have been kind of sluggy, you know, because of the costs and the inflation and everything. So let's, let's big hope that the industry bounces really back in 2025. So I know we're getting down to our last hour. And um, I wanted to talk, I wanted to share with everybody, because uh, the one thing about running a podcast is I can see all the stats of everything that goes on week by week by every episode that comes out. I can see who's listening on what. I can see where they're listening around the world. And I just wanted to share some stats with my team and to our listeners. So in the three years we've been in three seasons we've been doing the podcast, in general, since day one, we have had a total of basically twelve thousand downloads. In the three seasons, we've done that. And that's pretty incredible right there. That's actually pretty big in the podcast world to have downloads. There's a difference with downloads and daily listeners. Uh, but people who download the episodes, that's a pretty high number for podcasting. Now I want to share with all you guys the top 10 overall best episodes that we have had on this podcast, according to Podbean. Oh, interesting. So... We're going to start with number 10. The number 10 top episode was the special tribute to Dustin Lestra, episode 87, which received 136 downloads. Okay. Number nine is episode 78. It's Kings Island's Don Hilbert with 138 downloads. Number seven is episode 91. It's El Toro Ryan's Airtime Mike. Received 145 downloads in general. David, what about eight? I think you jumped over eight. Oh, eight. I, I, sorry. Actually, Airtime Mike is number eight. Number eight. Oh, okay. Uh, number seven is episode 26. That's Not Scary not, not Scary Farms. Jeff Tucker with 150 downloads right there. And then the next one is episode 104. That is uh, Chris from Airtime Thrills with 153 downloads. And then the next one... Is um, I think this is number five would be episode ninety five. That would be theme park predictions episode with one hundred and fifty four downloads. Our number four top, the top four number four is our episode our one hundred episode of the coaster challenge of our story. Nice with two hundred and one downloads. That's just downloads. Number three is episode twenty two. That is coaster studios Taylor Bybee. With 210 downloads. Number two, <coughs> excuse me, episode 59, El Toro Ryan's Ryan Chin received 250 downloads. Nice. <coughs> excuse me. And um, our number one best, best episode with the highest downloads of 387 downloads is McLean Waddell, the Fury. Nice. Guy. Nice. And that's great, David, not to. We say one thing over another. They're all, they're all great episodes. But McLean, if you talk about the impact of coasters on a person, talk about people facing fear, getting over anxiety, getting over people being shy, or you know whatever they may be. But McLean has an illness, the same illness as I have. I am bipolar, 
It is an incredibly debilitating illness. I am lucky that I have maintenance medication that works really well for me. Knock on wood. I knock on real wood here. But McLean, because of his car accident, as we talk about in his episode, in his interview, he doesn't have that luxury. Medications don't work for him anymore as a consequence of his brain injury. And to not have medication uh, with bipolar, is it can be a death sentence. It can severely debilitate one's life. And to think that a coaster main, allows him to maintain his quality of life with such a debilitating illness, it's mind-boggling. And so I love that his episode has had so much positive outreach like that. Very, yes. His episode was definitely one in the memory books in this organization, uh, a testament of just how much theme parks and roller coasters affect people's lives, especially his. Um, I was very honored to hear his story and to have you interview him. Um, when I, I first met McLean over at Carowinds, him and I rode Fury so many times together, but he's just an incredible guy. And every time I've gone to Carowinds, we always make sure we got together to meet. So I'm really, really proud to see that his episode got the most, most attention out of over 240 episodes we have done on this podcast. And it's just been quite 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 way to be number one so <laughs> okay so now that we've done that another thing i want to share in stats you know i'm really um impressed because we don't just air in the united states we this these episodes are aired around the world and i will tell you the top three the, the, or I'm going to do the top five. Top five countries that listen to this podcast the most. The United States comes in at number one with 8,695 downloads total since we started. Canada comes in number two with 333 downloads. The United Kingdom comes in third with 168. Switzerland comes in number four. And then Germany comes in at number five. And honestly, when I go down the list, we have we are listened to over 120 countries around the globe. And that includes nice. this includes maybe not just top five. Belgium, Spain, Netherlands, Australia, Singapore, Brazil, India, Sweden, Mexico, France, Belor. <laughs> Bel Bel I can't even pronounce this country. Belarus. Belarus, Belarus I think. Uh, yep. United Arab, Chile, Denmark, Italy, Poland, Hong Kong, Ireland, Jamaica, Jordan, Lebanon, Morocco, Peru, and even Russia. I mean, this is just some of many more down this list that people all over the world are listening to these episodes. And I, to anybody who's listening internationally, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really hope these episodes that Kim, myself, Andrew have done have really made an impact in your lives. I really want to thank for all the international listeners. When I look at the United States, the number one state of listeners, and I'm very proud of this one, and I want to thank all my friends in Ohio. Ohio is the number one state that listens to this podcast, and I love Ohio, and I want everybody in the Midwest to know I love you all. I, every time I visit the Midwest, you guys make me feel at home out there. And I want you to know I appreciate that very much. 
California comes in as the second state uh, with the most listeners. Florida comes in third. And I want to thank everybody. I have a lot of great friends in Florida. I want oh, yes. to thank you all so much for making that. Pennsylvania comes in number four. And Kentucky, Kim, you're proud of your state, comes in <laughs> five. Number five with the most uh, downloads in this country. And I mean, we, out of the 50 states, 47 states listen to this podcast out of 50. That's pretty amazing. The states that don't. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. The states that uh, really don't have theme parks, and I can see why, is Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and uh, I believe that's Nebraska are the states that we don't get. But we actually have people. In Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Alaska. I mean, my gosh. I mean, Maine. Maine is Maine has, yeah, Maine's another. So, but, you know, North Carolina comes in, Tennessee, New York, Oregon, uh, Georgia, Texas. Holy crap. Oregon is on that list. Yeah. Oregon's on the list. <laughs> so it's, um, that's a uh, very impressed. And um, in Canada, you know, we're listened to, uh, mostly number one in Ontario and in Alberta, the British Columbia, Quebec, and then the Newfoundland and Lamador. Uh, those are all some of the the count uh, the states in Canada that we are listening to. Australia, we are number one in uh, Victoria and then number two in Queensland. And uh, I just want to thank all our friends out there in Australia. And um, we average on a monthly scale, we averaged about. Three to four hundred uh, downloads a month, and uh, and it's still on the rise. We are still up ninety percent, and uh, I just want to thank everybody. And these episodes will always be on the air. Um, if for any reason the podcast disappear, you can always find the episodes on YouTube. The YouTube those episodes will never disappear on YouTube. So, any thoughts for you guys? I'll leave it open to you guys to talk. I just think it's great how much outreach we've had all over the world. And I, I want to thank all of our listeners, everyone from all these different countries and all over the U S and yeah, it's just, it's, it's very touching. Yeah. Any thoughts, Kim? Again, I mean, it just continues to humble me greatly to realize how far <laughs> What I consider to be my very small voice has reached. And I'm extremely thankful for every single person that has listened and those that have reached out. Because without you guys, my life would not be where it is today. So I just want to make sure you all realize you all have had just as much of an impact, if not more of an impact on me and my family as our podcast has had on you. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, I'm so grateful and um, I just want to thank you, especially our dedicated listeners. I know we have a lot of dedicated listeners that have been listening to every episode. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, if you're listening right now, I just want to thank you guys all so much for your love and support and everything. Um, all right. So now we're going to go and just have an interesting conversation. This is something that 
it's always been a rule in this organization that when we would do YouTube videos or podcasting, that we always have this one golden rule, and we never discuss uh, certain uh, certain issues that are going on. Like we don't discuss politics on this podcast. We don't uh, we don't call people out. We don't um, we don't express too many grievances. You know that are going on. However, since this is our last episode and um, for now, I'm I'm allowing every team member here to express some grievances that they have about the community that I feel the community needs to be aware of what's uh, some of the flaws that are going on out there and the community needs to come together to correct these grievances. Um I'm going to throw the floor out to Kim. Kim, I'm going to open this up to you. If there's anything out there you would like to talk about, I'm giving you this opportunity. Yeah, there's a couple of things I would like to talk about. And the first one just really tags off of what we were discussing earlier with the Six Flags Cedar Fair merger. When I first got into the community, the community, it seemed to be different than what it has turned into through my experience. David was talking about, you know, the response to the merger between the two companies and some of the disgusting behavior on social media the level of entitlement amongst many in the community has really, it's part of what has really made me, me make my circle a lot smaller. I started out, you know, just wanting to be friends and be, you know, associated with as many people as possible. And some of the behavior I've seen from many enthusiasts has really made me take several steps back because it's behavior I don't want to be associated with in any way, shape, or form. People are getting on social media left and right. I mean making fun of amusement parks. I mean, constantly complaining, complaining, complaining. You know, if the cost of a pass goes up by $20, people are throwing a fit. The reality is, in the post-COVID world, look around everywhere you go. Costs are up. Staffing is short. And it seems like in the coaster community, more so than any other group I'm involved with, more people just want to take, 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 and not give a thing. And that's just not reality. <laughs> you know, when you go to a restaurant, when you go shopping in stores, everywhere you go, and then when I walk into parks and see people verbally attacking teenagers, 
because I don't know the lines moving slow or an attraction is closed something isn't going the way they would like it to go it just absolutely makes me not want to have anything to do with anyone that has that attitude and I mean it was also you know the attitude I saw very eye-opening at Hollywood Nights back when the lady had the accident you know and unexpectedly passed away on voyage oh yeah. The, yeah yeah some of the enthusiasts just having an absolute fit oh it's disgusting disgusting because the ride wasn't open i'm sorry get over yourself <laughs> life is about more than roller coasters and having everybody do for you and um you know honestly it's like andrew was talking about if roller coasters are it they're your whole life then you need to get another hobby or go find something else to do to grow yourself as a person and that also leads me to the way that I see people treating people in the community. And again, you know, this took some time being in the community to really see the effect that this type of behavior has on people. But I mean, there are some people, I call them, they think they're coaster deities or coaster gods. <laughs> and I absolutely laugh at it because it's so small-minded and pathetic. They will bully, make fun of, call names, anyone that has different opinions on, I don't know, a roller coaster than they do. Like, if your opinion doesn't agree with mine... Your life isn't worth living. You're an idiot. I mean, in the online bullying and stuff that I see, people going out of their way to completely destroy and tear down, the way I see it is, for, in my life, coasters have been, they're nothing but fun. You know, I keep a coaster count. It's just, it's a fun little hobby of mine. But then when people come at me trying to use that as some sort of a flex, <laughs> like they're, act they're better than me in some way, they don't realize, like, I'm actually laughing because it's so sad that that's their entire life. And if you find the need to go out of your way to make fun of and belittle people, name call any of it all over the topic of roller coasters i'd be more than happy to show you your way out of the community because it's not needed or necessary nor wanted and honestly i don't have anything to do with anyone that behaves like that and you know it really took me some time being in the community to see
the true colors of a lot of people. And my philosophy has actually become less is more. As far as my coaster friends are concerned. And um, just the way that people treat other people. Because I'm, I'm personally far more concerned with how you treat other people than what your coaster count is. Amen. What coasters you've ridden that I haven't ridden, honestly, I couldn't care less. And um, it kind of leads me to, to a couple of other topics I would like to get off my chest. You know, getting to know people and getting into the community. Another reason I've um, made my circles a lot smaller over the course of the past year was, you know, there were some people I discovered that over the course of time really wanted to be around me when it could benefit them and their popularity and grow their name in some way. And, you know, the second I get a taste of that, I'm done. The community used to be, at least in my opinion, a place where everybody supported each other. You know, more for the benefit of the whole. When one of us wins, we all win. And, you know, there are people like that now. Rich Albertson through Theme Park Motivation that I very heavily support. Theme Park Predictions. You know, I could go on and on and on with some of the uh, channels and names that are very positive people that support everybody. And uh, Katie's Coasters is another one, you know, that supports everybody. And oh, yeah. just, you know, it's a win-win. But then I can think of other channels, you know, that are really have shown themselves and not just channels, but enthusiasts in general, shown themselves to be in it for just that themselves. And um, that hurts everybody and it drives people away and it just makes me personally not want to be associated with people in the community that behave like that. Um, last thing I would like to address is um, sexual predators in the community. They are a very real problem that people are overlooking. I can think of two names that have come to me, you know, just over the course of the past year. And these people are in parks. These people are employed in amusement parks. They're going around like it's no big deal. And, um, one of them is a currently 20-year-old man that I think pretended to be 15 years old 
and was sending inappropriate pictures and messages to a 14-year-old. And when I confronted, about, confronted him about it, I got enough out of him to know that he did it. Then I was blocked because he doesn't want the rest of the world to know what it is that he's doing. And when I started talking to other teenagers that had been associated with this person, it only confirmed what I'd been told. Another one that was also very closely associated with the 20-year-old is now, I think, probably pushing closer to mid-20s or 30s. Um, goodness. The number of people that I've talked to that have been impacted by this person is absolutely sickening. And um, the 20-year-old that was approaching the 14-year-old is actually a former associate of the nearly 30-something-year-old. So it seems to be like they're all connected in some way. So basically, my point is, and this is what really disturbed me, is when I talked to one of the main people that was affected by the 20-year-old, they didn't tell. They told people, but they didn't tell the people that could get legal action taken and get justice served in the way that it needed to be served. So basically, my point is, if someone victimizes you through inappropriate comments, touching, pictures, messages, whatever you've got, speak up, speak loud. And, you know, sharing this stuff in private messages with individuals is only going to get you so far. You know, get legal action taken. Blast their name as far as you can. Because, you know, even if I'm talking about, if, even if I were to name these guys, coming from me, it's not the same as coming from the direct source. So do not be made to feel like anything they're doing to you or they've done to you is your fault. Do not let them guilt you. The 20-year-old was actually at one point friends with my daughter and was telling her if she stopped being his friend that he was going to commit suicide. All kinds of manipula manipulation to try to, to keep, you know, the sheep's clothing on over the wolf. And don't tell anybody what I'm doing. So, please, speak up. Get their names out in the community. Let people know what they're doing. Because coming from me, a 48-year-old woman, who's a, you know, second-hand source, 
it's not going to be as strong or as impactful or as meaningful as coming from the person that it was victimized. That's pretty much all I have to say at this point. Well said, Kim. Well said on everything. Andrew, I know you've got some grievances. You and I have had oh, yeah. conversations for quite a while, and we've had to really um, try to let us... I, you and I have both had to take those long night phone calls where we had to vent just to get it out of our yep. system. But now I'm going to yep. tell you to speak your piece. The floor is yours. So, Thank you, David. I've got two different groups of people. One is a individual. And the other is two individuals uh, together as a team. I'm going to address the less serious of the two first. And when I bring this up, people are listening, may be surprised to think that this is the less serious of the two, but it truly is. Um, this is an individual that actually uh, prior to our last episode in our IAPA recap episode back in last year, year ago in 2022, we temporarily, um, uh, Took, uh, took away our, our restriction on criticizing people, negativity in the community and bringing things like that up um, because of absolutely disgusting behavior that occurred at IAPA that year. Well, let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and address the thousand pound gorilla in the room because it's well known that this individual, better known as Sarah Anderson, uh, I've had a chip in my shoulder about. And I, you know, not just the team, but I have spoken out more, more um, uh, loudly than, than perhaps the rest of the team. And that just in that one episode, I have uh, put things out there in social media and so forth. Now, again, there's some negativity here, but Sarah, and I'm going to be reaching out to two different groups of people associated with Sarah, Sarah herself, and then another group of people, which I'll get to. But Sarah, first of all, I'm talking to you right now. Sarah, I don't hate you. I think actually you are a good person. You know, I've talked to you. I know people that know you very well. We have a lot of mutual friends. And I think you have a kind heart. I think you mean well. But you have a problem. And I want to want to preface what I'm about to say with what I've just said, Sarah, because I don't want you to think I don't like you or I hate you or I think you're a bad person. You're, I think, a good person that unfortunately does a lot of bad things because you're a narcissist now sarah you and i've had private conversations and i previously have told you that you're a narcissist and i should have known better because i was married to a narcissist for 17 years and as i discovered that he was a narcissist in the last few years of our marriage i researched what narcissism is and i learned one of the biggest mistakes you can make with a narcissist is to tell them that they are a narcissist because they will get on the defensive they will laugh at it. They will lash out, etc. Well, I should have known better, Sarah. I apologize for that. But I, I in private conversation with you uh, last year, uh, actually in 2022, excuse me, two years ago, I brought it up to you. And, of course, you did not deal with that well. Well, again, because you're a narcissist. And, Sarah, you know, you being a narcissist, it's not your fault. All narcissists are created. We're not born this way. Narcissists are not born that way. You are you're created by pain that is that is dealt to you, generally mental, psychological. Sometimes it can be physical abuse. And clearly, some point in your life, maybe early in your life, I know your my understanding is your parents' family life that's not ideal. I don't know the specifics, don't need to. Whatever it is, Sarah, friends, former lover, 
whatever it is that dealt you the pain, or maybe it's a combination of people that needs to be addressed because, and that's what narcissism is about is that people are hurt in such a deep way, perhaps a long time ago that it turns them into the insecure person that creates a false persona of extreme confidence, et cetera, to compensate for that insecurity that is from that pain. That's the, that's the path of narcissism right there. Okay. And I'm not a psychologist. I've just done a lot of research again, being married to a narcissist for 17 years, I needed to do my research. So Sarah, again, I don't have anything against you personally, but you need help. Now, Sarah, I'm going to say some things here. Like I said, that that's going to sound hurtful and I'm going to try to compartmentalize them and explain why I'm saying them. Okay. The first thing I want to bring up, Sarah, is you brought up to me and to others that you have all these friends, that you have all these followers. You're, I don't know how, 20,000, however many followers you have on Instagram and X and et cetera. Well, Sarah, and again, I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm saying this because I want you to wake up. And I want this other group of people I'm going to get to to wake up. A lot of those people, I can guarantee you, Sarah, because I know a lot of them. They're friends of mine that follow you. They don't follow you because they love you or they worship you like you claim to that they do. They follow you for the popcorn, Sarah. Because let's face it, it, it rarely a few days go by before you start some controversy online. One of the most recent ones is absolutely disgusting, Sarah. You being at a media event at Six Flags Over Georgia, you're invited there by the park, and you criticize the park online at that media event? What is wrong with you, Sarah? A person with half common sense would know not to do that. Sarah, wake up. And that's just one of your, what, 50, 100 controversies you've had in the past few years? Okay, the next thing, Sarah, okay? I hate to break it to you, and I know Kim will agree with me on this, and Jenna, both women. Not all women are victims. Stop victimizing yourself. Stop pulling that bullshit of claiming that you're a victim and that all women are victims. No. No. That's such negativity, and it's bullshit. Now, yeah, sometimes victims are women. Sometimes men are. And in fact, the other group of people that I'm going to get to after talking about you shows that. Okay? All people can be victims. But women aren't some defenseless group of people. There are some very, very strong women out there. Okay? And when at, at Hollywood Nights, when you had all the women, not just one train's worth, that's symbolic, that's fine. But all the women with their G-Force movement ride in front of everybody? Okay, I don't care if I get to ride later. That's fine. But Sarah, think about it. Just take yourself away from being a woman for the moment. Just think of yourself as a human being. That is not creating unity. That is not creating respect for women. That is dividing us. That's literally women separate from the men. That is not the kind of world I want to live in. We're supposed to all be human beings together. So wake up, Sarah, and stop with this women victimizing bullshit, okay? You've got a chip on your shoulder about that like nothing else, and you're wrong. You are so wrong in how you handle all of this. Now, when, when women are victims, when they're raped, God forbid, you know, uh, Kim was just talking about this, uh, sexual aspects, se sexual crimes. Yeah, sure, absolutely. 
they need to be taken care of. They need to be they need therapy. They need to, whatever support they need. Absolutely. But don't start off by default saying that women are victims. And Sarah, speaking of the people in this community, they don't dislike you or hate you because you're a woman. That has nothing to do with you being a woman. It's to do with your behavior and your negativity and your toxicity, your controversies. The two years in a row now, Sarah, you have caused controversies at IAPA. We thought you were done in 2022, sneaking in front of people to get a better camera shot when people had waited there much longer than you, and then bribing them with $5 in Venmo because you realized you did something wrong afterwards. What the heck is wrong with you, Sarah? But then you did it again last year, 2023, yelling at a disabled person that was member of the media because they were in your shot. Well, guess what, Sarah? You are able-bodied. You should be very thankful for that. You can move around them and get your shot. What is wrong with you, Sarah? You are not the most important person in the world. But yes, I know you act like that, and it's because you're a narcissist. So Sarah, again, I don't hate who you are, but I definitely hate some of the actions you've taken. Now, one of the actions that I really... I'm not happy about that you've taken. It involves this other group of people that I said I would get to you that are associated with you. And that is a rather large number of people, group of people that are mutual friends that you are friends with and that I am friends with. Now, let's look at a narcissist yourself versus a non-narcissist me. Let's look at the difference in behavior. I have asked that group of friends, not all of them, mind you, but several of them, to help you. Because when someone is a narcissist, they need extremely deep and intensive and long therapy and support to find out what that pain was from years ago and, and get therapy for it and, and become a better, non-selfish, non-insecure person that does not project this false persona out to the world. And so I've reached out to these mutual friends because they're friends of mine and I've asked them to help you. And again, they don't want to get involved. They don't want controversy. Okay. That's on them. Whatever. Fine. I've tried to. Now, what have you done with those same mutual friends? Well, let's see. At the IAPA GCI party in 2022, you told my friend Christian, who's one of my closest friends, and you made a big mistake by doing this, Sarah, at the end of the night, at the end of the party, to not say goodbye to me, because I am, uh, I think you called me a a-hole, if I remember correctly, from Christian. Well, of course, he's one of my closest friends. He ignored you, number one. And number two, he told me what you did. How dare you, Sarah? Even worse than that, you have told a number of mutual friends to, to not hang out with me. You've told them to not even go to my 50th birthday dinner last year. Well, guess what, Sarah? A couple of them did. How dare you? I've encouraged our mutual friends to help you out of the kindness of my heart. And what do you do, Sarah? You've told those friends to treat me poorly. Well, guess what? Some of them haven't. And some of them are strained and pained by all of this because I know, because I've talked to them. They do not like the situation. Stop it, Sarah. Stop telling your friends what to do. And stop telling your friends to mistreat people poorly. You do that enough yourself, sadly. 
Well, once again, I want to reach out to those same mutual friends. I know some of you are listening. Get Sarah the help that she needs. Support her. Stop encouraging her to be the way she is. Stop feeling sorry for her. Feeling sorry for her is not going to do anything. Yeah, I get it why you feel sorry for her. Believe me, I do. Get her the help she needs. And I know, by the way, Sarah, a lot of people that are friends with you, not going to name names, they're friends with you. They tolerate you for one simple reason. Because of who you're dating and who you're partnered with in Coaster Studios. Taylor. Taylor's a great guy. I met him long before he knew you. He's a great guy. And, yeah, he's, he's famous. Coaster Studios, big YouTube channel, number three episode here on this podcast. And people, they want to be associated with Taylor. They want to be friends with Taylor. He's a good guy. He's a very talented video maker. And so they tolerate you. And they even pretend to be friends with you. Again, Sarah, I'm not trying to be mean. But you've got people that you think are good friends of yours. They're just being friends with you to be nice and because Taylor's around. And Sarah, you know what I'd love? I'd love for those people to really want to be friends with you and really be friends with you. I would like to be friends with you. I think you're a good person. I would love nothing more for you to get the help that you need. I'll give you a big hug. I mean, we could be friends. Again, Sarah, everything I put out in social media in fact, many of the posts that I've made literally said this. I want you to get the help that you need so that you can become a positive part of this community. Because right now you're not. You think you are. Because, again, a lot of people are fake to you. Like I said, they pretend to be friends with you. And, yeah, you got a lot of younger fans. I know Coaster Studios has a younger demographic that like the videos and everything, and they worship you. And, you know, a lot of kids, they don't know better. Teenagers, they just don't know better. They don't have the morals yet. They haven't developed them yet. But, Sarah... Don't misconstrue things. And friends of Sarah, you know who you are? Please help her. Don't coddle her. Help her. Okay. Now, again, that's not the most serious of the two, believe it or not, folks. Now we're going to get into the real meat of the situation. David knows this story. But Jenna and, and Kim, I don't believe, have heard this. And I've been waiting for a long time to get this cat out of the bag. Right around the time that I met David in 2018, I also, just coincidentally, just by timing, uh, started talking to you and had started recently listening to a podcast, a coaster, roller coaster podcast, a comedy-based one, an NSFW, a not-safe-for-work one that has a lot of sex talk and vulgar language, etc., which is fine. It's an adult-only podcast, uh, and I like that kind of humor, and I started listening to it, and I became friends with the hosts of the show, uh, the two original hosts, and their names... The name of the podcast, first of all, is Ride This One, and their names are Nathan Slater and Jared Dalmas, better known as Slater and Goliath. Started talking to them, especially to Slater, and actually started helping out with the show. I was even in one episode as a guest. Uh, like, our, like our podcast, very different format, each episode typically has a guest. And Slater and I, would be, you know, again, remain friends. I eventually stopped helping the show. I just things in my life, my marriage, etc. But Slater and I remain friends, and Jared and I, Goliath and I remain friends. And then 2020 happened. And Slater went off the deep end, sadly. And he turned their podcast into a political platform because of the election that year, etc. And Slater in 2020, and I think he did it again, maybe in 2021, about three or four times, in a roller coaster podcast, called me out by name, first and last name, 
attacking me, using vulgar language against me. Why? Simply because I have a different political viewpoint than him. That's all. How dare you, Slater? How dare you slander me like that? But Slater and Jared, as bad as that was, and by the way, you've done it to other people too, a very good friend of mine, a B&M coaster lover. Oh yeah, I remember, I noticed that one too. I've still been listening to your podcast, as have others who don't care for you and your behavior to this day, simply to monitor what you're doing. That's the only reason why we still listen. And we've been listening very carefully. Well, Slater and Jared, Goliath, sadly, what you did to me and these other people you've called out simply because their political viewpoints are different. How dare we have a different opinion? How dare we do that? Again, I'm being very sarcastic here. That is not the worst thing you've done. Not by a long shot. And here it comes. Originally, when you started your podcast, when you were planning it, there was a third person involved. And that third person never became part of the show. And why is that? So I'm not going to name the name to protect this person's identity. Slater and Jared, you know who they are. You know very well who they are. Slater happens to be gay, and Jared, Goliath, happens to be straight. And apparently Slater, knowing his personality, this doesn't surprise me, he wanted to have more, quote-unquote, gay in the podcast, in this Ride This One podcast. Again, there's a lot of sexual humor in the show. Well, this third person is basically bisexual, married, kids, etc. But is not out, as is his right. Slater and Jared, along with a number of other people that were connected to this show, this show that's about to start, this new podcast, this goes back to, I think, the 2017 or so time period, they weren't happy with this person not being out. And Slater and Jared and these other people in a group chat and so forth, messaging, bullied this other person that was supposed to be the third host of the show. They bullied him so much to come out of the closet when he wasn't ready and when and his current lifestyle was not conducive for. They bullied him so much that he tried to kill himself. And that is awful. How awful? I mean, I can't think of things much awful than that. Except you did something more awful than that. When he, out of desperation, came to you guys and told you that he tried to kill himself and failed, what did you do? Well, let's talk about what a sane person would do. You would be supportive of him, try to get him help, get, get hospitalized, whatever it may be. But no, no, no. You didn't care about his well-being. You made fun of him for failing at committing, trying to commit suicide. How dare you? Slater and Goliath, you are two of the most disgusting people I have met in my life. You do not belong in this community. You do not belong in any community. And Goliath, at Hollywood Nights in 2021, you want to know why I was giving you the cold shoulder? Because I had just learned of the story of what I just told about that third person from the podcast being bullied, attempting to commit suicide and being bullied some more. I had just learned about that about two weeks before and I wanted to have nothing to do with you, but I wasn't about to in a public place 
confront you about it. So that's why I gave you the cold shoulder. So with that, I hand it back to David. Woo, man. I will tell you, um, I know everything that Kim has said and Andrew has said. Boy, I will tell you. Um, I've heard about, I was part of those stories when I was told about them. And um, yeah, I will tell you guys, I know Jenna and I were just talking, and I know Jenna has no grievances to share. Well, not with the coaster community, because I don't really know anybody in the coaster community. They, they, my, as much as I love Disney, my biggest pet peeve with them is their damn genie pass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it comes down to my turn. So, you know, pretty much Kim and Andrew both have, especially Kim, her grievances have kind of aligned with some of the grievances I've had in the community over the past nine years. In the nine years of being a YouTuber, a podcaster, and somebody who uh, runs uh, a network, a production company, I have had the opportunity to meet several YouTubers, podcasters, and a lot of, um, I guess you want to say, I call it temporary celebrities in the roller coaster community. The word temporary celebrity is because i call it is because youtubers come and go you're not you're not a celebrity very long you're popular today and then you're forgotten tomorrow because somebody else came along and kind of stole your thunder when i was a youtuber doing videos I wasn't looking at being a celebrity or being popular. I was making videos because I was on a mission to help people become fearless. And if I was to become popular or to become some sort of celebrity, it's because um, I want to earn that with respect. A lot of the YouTubers I have met over the years had their th had their had such a far stick up their ass. And they acted like their shit didn't stink. They acted like they were better than everybody. I would go to media day events all around the country. And there would be YouTubers that have less subscribers than me acting like they're a god. And then all of a sudden, a month or two later, they're gone. Well... That's because if you're a YouTuber today and you're listening to this or a podcaster, if you're not grateful, if you're not respectful with your with your uh, colleagues, because that's what we are in this community when you're a YouTuber or a podcaster or social media influencer, blogger, we're colleagues. And um, we all, you may look at, some of you out there look at like we're competition. I don't look at it as competition. I'm out there doing what I love to do, and I'm trying to change the world. And a lot of you guys are just doing videos with rumors and not even not even real facts of what's going on in the theme park industry. There are some there are, however, some YouTubers that are really good and know their know their stuff. They know their business. And those are the ones I know that that are in the industry. 
I've never had a chance to go to IAPA. And it doesn't look like I'm going to have a chance to um, go to IAPA because, well, there's been some YouTubers out there who have people that work for them become so unprofessional, and Andrew's already brought it up. And I'm going to say this right now. I am just disgusted by the behavior I've seen in the community. Not everybody. But I have met a quite a number of people. And the biggest disappointment in my nine years I have been, I've been a proud member of ACE. And I will tell you, I've met some great friends through the American Coaster Enthusiasts organization. But every time I went to an ACE event in Southern California, and it might be different around the country, but specifically here at home, I am very disappointed in majority of the people that participate in these events. Very rude. rude the enthusiasts are rude. They act like they're better than you. They don't even want to they don't even talk to you. They don't even say hello. They don't even come up and shake your hand. I'm the one. I'm not afraid to go up to somebody and shake their hand and introduce myself. Because I want to make friends in the community. I want to be friends with everybody. But the one thing I was, I was trying to be friends with everybody, but I had a lot of people in the community make me feel like I wasn't good enough to be their friend. Including the ones that are the ones that like being friends with popular YouTubers. Particularly Taylor Bybee. Taylor, in this community, I'm kind of considered like a father figure. I'm 42 years old, going to be 43. I have some fatherly advice I would like to share with you that I hope that if you're listening to this or one of your friends is listening would love to share the advice i want to give you is first of all i think you're one of the most talented media people i've ever met you make some of the most incredible videos and i love your documentary videos your rocky mountain construction and your kentucky kingdom videos have been fantastic i love watching them you do such great work you and your team now, you and I have met a couple of times, and I've told you, you've been on the podcast, and I told you off, off the air, I said, I've always referred to Taylor Bybee as the Steven Spielberg of coasters, because he does such great camera work and in cinema, in cinema work. It's just amazing. And I told Taylor, I said, Taylor, I work in Hollywood. I work with celebrities, producers, directors all throughout the studio industry. And what's really sad is, is that I wanted to have a good relationship with Coaster Studios because I want to have a relationship with every YouTube, uh, every media channel, because we're all on, all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to promote the love of our, of the theme parks and the roller coasters. But it was really sad that um, he never really got, Taylor never really, Seemed like he wanted to get to know me better. Which is sad because I could have opened a few doors for him in the industry. I know so many people that could really rocketeer his career 
in 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 the Hollywood. It really could. But that opportunity now is gone. The thing on my advice to you, Taylor, is you have you're young. You have what it takes to succeed. But in order to do that, you got to focus on yourself. Just yourself. If you want to be successful in cinema and you want to move on to the studio industry and you want to be making professional movies that are on theater screens all around the world, you're going to have to make some sacrifices in your personal life to make that happen. Right now, I feel you have a few anchors slowing you down. And you need to release those anchors so you can succeed in life. You are young. There are You have a bright future ahead of you. Don't let these anchors slow you down because they are. One of them particularly is slowing you down big time. And I'm not going to name the name because the name's already been brought up. Another thing on top of this other anchor that you have, I feel that in the past year, Kim has talked to me about it. Jenna has talked to me about it. We've talked to Andrew about it too. And I'm going to address, I'm going to address some things that the team is not aware about, and it's going to be new to them tonight. I had noticed throughout the year that our listenership did suffer a little bit. Our social media popularity went way down. And the way how I knew how it went down, Twitter. <clears throat> Twitter will post stuff. We get nothing on Twitter. Our most popular platforms have always been Facebook and Instagram. But Twitter which has really gone off the ledge, it shows it on our on our handle. We don't get any love on Twitter, which I can personally care less as a professional for Twitter. I hate Twitter. I don't care for it. But we have it because there are audiences everywhere that you have to share your episodes with. I feel that the one rule as the CEO and president of an organization is I have ground rules that my team follows, and we followed it very well on this podcast, is that we don't attack people, we don't discuss politics and all that stuff. We are here to focus on the mission, and that's what we're doing. Tonight, though, is a little special, different, because this is our last episode, and I'm giving everybody an opportunity, and this is my turn. In the past year... I really, before I made the announcement we were going to sign off, I really felt like Coaster Challenge was canceled by a lot of people in the community, especially younger crowd, particularly people that love certain YouTubers out there, certain YouTubers that may not see eye to eye with uh, people that are that are involved in my organization, and just to be up for the record. This organization is very diverse. I have people here that are gay and straight. I have people here that are religious and atheists. I have people here that are conservative and liberal and independent. I have people here that talk many different languages. 
different color skins. We are a very diverse organization, and I welcome all of it because at the end of the day, regardless of who you are in this, where you live in this country or around the world, fear don't give a damn who you are. If you're a Trump-loving conservative or you're a Bernie Sanders left liberal, fear don't care who you support or love because at the end of the day, that is the common cause that brings America together is that we have common purposes of facing certain challenges. And fear is one of those challenges. That being said, I have had people in the community reach out to me and I've talked. And I, I know I know a lot of people in this community, just like Kim and Andrew do too. And I've had some people talk to me some things. And they told me, they said, well, the reason why your listenership is down is because, because of Andrew Locke, because of his stance on Sarah Anderson and what he's done to other people, yada, 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 what he says on social media. And I turned around, I said, for the record, he's never said it on our social media platforms. He's never said anything like that on our on our media in general. What what my team members do on their own personal platforms and their personal lives is their business. It is their business. I have no authority or right to tell anybody on my team what they should be saying or doing outside this podcast. Because when they come here on this Zoom or on video, when it comes to Coaster Challenge, they are focusing on the one thing this mission is the mission of this organization. And I'm going to say this right now. If there's anybody out there that has negative opinions on me because of my friendship with Andrew Locke, I want the record to be shown. In the past couple of years, Andrew Locke has been right by my side through all the heartache and pain I went through and suffering I've gone through the past couple of years. And I will tell everybody this, and I am not going to be apologetic over it. There, I have not no greater friend than Andrew Locke. That man has been by my side through hell and back. He walked with me through the gates of hell a couple of years ago and helped me pull me out of it. That man is loyal. He is loyal to every friend he has especially me, to this team. And I understand he has strong opinions, and if you, don't see, if you don't see eye to eye with his opinions, that's fine. Everyone has a right to their own opinions. But don't take it out on Coaster Challenge. Don't take it out on my organization. Don't take it out on this podcast. Don't take it out on my team members. Because we are on a much, we were doing a much bigger picture here. We were doing something much bigger that was more important than little pity politics. And if you guys are canceled us because of Andrew's political views and his stance, shame on you. Shame on you. You are despicable. Because you are shutting out an organization that helps children, that helps people become fearless, so they don't have to be afraid and have the confidence to be able to stand up like we're doing right now, what I'm doing. I'm sorry, but I am not ashamed of how who joins my team. There are people that have tried to join our team, and then they left. And they left because they claim, oh, I can't be affiliate with Andrew. If you are somebody of that, shame on you.
because you're not standing up. And I will tell everybody today, I am not, I am not backing down on that. This is the first time you guys have heard me this angry. But you know what? We're ending this podcast because our lives are changing for the better. And I'm very proud of everybody who's been involved with Coaster Challenge. And that we are going to ride off into the sunset on a high note. And we're very proud. I'm sorry. If you guys hate me, I really don't give a damn if you hate me or not. But if you guys respect me and love me, I love you back. I've got bigger things going on in my life. I'm, ru- I'm going to be running major organizations moving forward that are going to help even millions of people break their fears. Okay? And when I mean bigger organizations, I'm talking government, city level. That's how much people don't, uh, people underestimate my knowledge, my networking, the people I know. I know a lot of people all the way around. And believe me, I am somebody out there who is on a mission. People are going to know who I am down the road on a national scale. And it's more bigger than the theme parks. And I want everyone to know that I stand by Andrew. I will always stand by Andrew after this podcast is done. I will always have his back. And I will stand up and say what is right. But also, for the record, everybody, and Kim and Jenna can contest this. When Andrew is wrong, we do talk to him about it as a team. Andrew knows because we've had conversations in the past. And Andrew would man up and would admit his mistake and he would apologize. And he has done that on social media. We have seen it. And if you haven't seen it. But I will say... That's all I got to say, and I'm very proud of who I am. But, Kim, I believe you said you had something you want to say. Yeah, just the things that you said really did turn on a light bulb in my brain as to one other thing I'd like to address. One of the things I've told Andrew personally, and I'll say it for the world to hear many times, is one of the things that makes me proudest of him as a person and to have him as a friend is the fact that he will hold himself accountable when he makes mistakes. He's willing to learn from the mistakes and he's willing to take the feedback that friends give him and use it for the better to better himself. And, you know, It's people like him, David, that have really taught me as someone who grew up not having a lot of friends, what real friendship is really like. Now, on the flip side of that, in the nature of keeping this classy, because these people will know who they are. There's no mistake. It's people that claim to be friends that won't hold themselves accountable that I have a real problem with and I'm thankful to have removed from my life. You know, there were some, one person that uh, really claimed to be a friend for a few years that led me to some more quote-unquote friends 
that seemed to be that way for a few years. And um, did me wrong. Really did me wrong. Earlier this year. Did some things he shouldn't have done. And then uh, tried to pass the buck off on me to David. And um, quite clearly some others as well. And, um, you know, looking back at the relationship with this person, everything was ha, 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 ha. You know, constantly taking stabs at me. Making lowball comments to joke about my weight loss post, and my fitness post, which continue to inspire people, by the way. And I've gotten countless messages from people that may not put a like or a comment that, you know, may not even have the self-confidence to do so, that have reached out to me personally. So, yeah, I'm going to keep posting those because I know, I know if they're reaching and helping even one person, the purpose is served. But anyway, you know, coming back to my point, you know, just as Andrew was discussing earlier, narcissism, narcissism, you know, everything over time, just count countless jokes and that sort of thing that are constantly lowball stabs, you know, at me trying to somehow make me less so you can feel better about yourself. Didn't work. I hope it worked and made you feel better about yourself in some way. But um, getting to my point, you know, it really, the nail, the, it, the nail really got driven into the coffin when it came to deal specifically with this podcast. And basically trying to offset your own behavior on me. And, you know, I've taken the high road. I have not drug your name through the mud. I've not mentioned your name or any negative thing about you to anyone. Why? Because I'm better than that. I'm better than that. And, you know, what, what really came full circle back around to me were the close associates of yours that stopped talking to me after what was supposed to be a personal matter or should I say a business matter between you, me and the other producers on this podcast was clearly taken here, there, and everywhere to other sources that weren't even involved. You know, people that were supposedly quote-unquote friends suddenly dropped off the face of the earth and have nothing to do with me. And, you know, that's fine because it's real interesting that those people were so quick to believe what was clearly said to them 
by the narcissist and never came to me and asked me to hear the other side. So I will say this to all of you involved, because you know who you are. Thank you for opening my eyes even bigger. And again, I'm going back to my message from earlier. Less is more because I'm stronger and better than ever. So thank you for your contribution to my well-being and to the coaster community. Here, here, Kim. Here, here. Andrew? Um, I just want to thank you guys for having my back. Um, I know I have enemies out there, and I couldn't care less. Because the nature of the person that I am, I don't stay quiet. I, I put out there who I am. I mean, it's again, it's the opposite of a narcissist who puts out this fake persona. I am a very real person. And I let my opinions be known. Because you know what? They're just freaking opinions, people. Everyone has opinions. We all can have different opinions. Guess what, folks? There are people in this podcast that are politically very different than me. But you know what? We get along. Get along just fine. Nathan Slater, take a note. Yep. So I have very strong opinions, and I put things out there, and I've made enemies. And I could care less because you know what I have besides enemies and besides the best efforts of Sarah Anderson? Sarah, those mutual friends that you and I have, are a fraction, a quite frankly, minority, small fraction of the overall group of friends that I have. I have blessed with many, many friends around the world, but certainly here in Florida, other places over in the U.S., places I've not lived in the U.S., everywhere I go, everywhere I travel to, I've got friends to see, even in Europe, even in Asia. Why do I have so many friends, Sarah? Because I'm a good person. I take care of my friends. And David, your kind words, and Kim, your kind words, David talking about how I stood by him. Yeah, that's called being a real friend. I did it because I love David because he's my friend. I take care of my friends. Ask, ask Larry and Jean how much I've done for them. I don't do things for them or any friends because I expect something in return. I do it because I care and because I'm a good person that has opinions that those opinions, of course, are not what everyone agrees with. I do want to mention one more thing, and Kim, you alluded to it. And I'm going to do something I've already done on social media. I'm going to say it here online. There was a controversy earlier this year that this podcast, unfortunately, was drugged into involving a person by the name of Dinan Rafferty. I made a mistake. I struck back at Dinan for something he did to me about five years ago. We were in a Facebook group together, and he, along with a whole bunch of other people, not going to name names, they bullied me and attacked me, tried to even end my marriage, but with lies, simply because of my political viewpoints. Again, this is getting boring. It's the same thing over and over again. Shame on you, Dinan, for that, by the way. And so, yes, this year, this past year, a few years later, when I was provided with an image of you doing something that I don't agree with politically, I made a post about it. And I was wrong for doing that. Two wrongs don't make a right. And Dinan, you probably haven't seen this yet because you're blocked. And I'm sure people, because a lot of people focus on negativity, unfortunately. No one that was monitoring my post, because obviously you have people that are, probably shared this with you. And that's shame on them. 
or sharing something, not sharing something positive with you. But I made a heartfelt apology for what I did. And that was not because David or Kim or anyone asked me to. It's because I wanted to. And if you haven't seen it, have have your minions reach out to me. And I'm happy to screenshot it and provide it to them. Go back in my uh, Facebook logs. But again, Dinan, I, I was wrong for doing for stooping down to your level of what you did to me five years ago. And again, shame on you for doing that. I should have done what Kim does. I should have taken the higher road. And I've learned my lesson. And in fact, folks, those of you that are friends with me on Facebook, if you've noticed, I've not posted much politically lately. That has been my own choosing. I've decided, you know what? This podcast, this mission mattered more. And it's been kind of nice not posting about politics so much. I will post about Israel and Gaza and, and Palestine's be, Palestinians because that is just beyond politics. That's that's a whole right versus wrong issue right there. But that's a whole other story. But I've not been posting about politics, and it's been kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, and again, I did that on my own. But I did want to touch upon that one other topic and one other person. Dine in again. I apologize to you on social media, and I apologize for did it, doing what I did last year because, again, Despite what you had done to me previously, it was wrong of me to stoop to that level. So, anyways, um, and again, I want to most importantly thank uh, you know David, you and Kim, what you said, and your support of me. I appreciate that, and my support of of, of uh, should I say the support of so many of my friends out there, uh, despite the efforts of those to try to isolate me or cancel me or have friends not be friends with me anymore. Good luck with that because you got a long list of people to go through. Anyways, thank you. Well. Like I said, I think in general, and my final grievances, I would say for general, for the entire community, I agree with Kim. There is a sexual predator problem in this community. There's a lot of people trying to go for minors, but also there's a lot of coaster enthusiasts that are sexually abusing and sexually assaulting other enthusiasts. I myself had that situation happen many years ago at Knott's Prairie Farm where I had a coaster enthusiast literally grope me. Uh, grope me. In public, in front of people. And I literally backed away and I told him to get go away. That kind of behavior is not allowed. It should not be allowed. There should be zero tolerance in this community. Um, also, to all the ones that have that, that love to brag about their coaster credits, I don't care if you've written 2,000 coasters. I don't care if you've written 1,000. In the nine years I've been doing Coaster Challenge, I've written 275 coasters, and that may be small. Well, it's mainly because coasters were not fully my life. I have other passions in my life, too, I got to do. I also, you know, and I'm proud. The 275 coasters I've written were some of the key coasters that everybody loved in the community that I wanted to make sure I experienced. There are still, and I plan to grow that credit. But my thing is, be humble, be grateful, make friends, have fun. That's what the what the roller coaster community is supposed to be about. We're there to support the theme parks, the industry. We're there to help them thrive and succeed. And we don't have time and we don't have the patience to deal with rudeness, your cockiness, and your stubbornness. And that's why if the community wants to improve, you need to improve on a few things. Stop being rude. Be friends with everybody. Be respectful. 
call out those that are trying to sexually abuse or assault anybody, especially minors. And to all the YouTubers and podcasters out there or those who are thinking about starting one, just remember, YouTube fame is only temporary. It doesn't last forever. You may be popular today, but in about a month or two down the road or a year from now, you will be totally forgotten. You won't even be remembered who you are. That's basically how it is in the YouTube celebrity world. If you want to be remembered, do something that people are always going to remember you. Do something positive. Do something that's going to impact the community in a good way. If you want to be famous, go to Hollywood and try to be an actor or a singer. Because then your name will be remembered forever, no matter who you are. But keep in mind, YouTube is not Hollywood. And Hollywood does not want YouTube. In fact, Hollywood hates YouTube. So I have no regrets of being a YouTube celebrity. I could care less about that. So the community, it's time to rise up and it's time to be humble and be friends with everybody if you want to survive. Otherwise, people like me and this team, I could easily walk away from this community and I wouldn't miss it. Really wouldn't. Don't get me wrong. I made a lot of great friends, especially right here on this team. But I have a lot of coaster enthusiasts out there. And there's some people I want to thank. Larry and Jean. Nick. Bennett. Bradley. Mindy. Chuck. Chase. Logan. Jeff. Thank you. Um, Dustin. Tracy, Dustin, I miss you. Miss you every day. It's going to be one year you've been gone. You are a great person. I know your mom misses you so much. I hope you're singing the, to the heavens with your talent. I know Jesus is probably sitting there enjoying hearing you sing. But we miss it down here. Thank you for the friendship you've given. Thank you for the joy you brought to the community. And Tracy, if you're Tracy or Shane, if you're listening, I know when I spoke on I know when I spoke to the eulogy, I spoke long. I'm sorry about that, but how do you describe a young man with so much, so much passion and talent in a matter of minutes? You can't. You know, life is short, and Dusty was only 16 years old. So I'm asking everybody who's a coaster enthusiast stop being selfish, stop being self centered. Stop acting like you're a god. You're not. Only God up there will determine that. Life is short. Enjoy it. We only get one life on this planet. Enjoy it. This is the last time where you're going to hear us speak on the air. And I'm telling everybody, for all the people that made my life great, I love you all very much. So now I'm going to take, as we're getting ready to close... I'm going to give everybody here an opportunity for a minute to say some final words that they would like to say before we sign off for good.
Kim, I'd like to start with you. Your your mic is off, Kim. So basically to wrap everything up that I've had to say, I want to encourage all of you, even though this podcast is coming to an end for now, to remember the mission and keep moving forward with it because, you know, my whole journey started with fear and overcoming fear. And, you know, through the process of overcoming fear, joining the podcast, meeting people, and, you know, just most recently, watching people leave my life, friends that I thought were here to stay, it takes me back to one of my favorite quotes I've been reflecting on lately. You've had the power all along, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. All of you have the power within yourself to do anything you decide to do. And people will come, people will go. Coasters are there to ride sometimes, other times they're not. But all you need is you. you. That's another quote. You know what you're worth. Go get what you're worth. Don't forget what you're worth. Don't let others make you forget that. Because everything you need to be happy in this life, you've got it. Beautiful, Kim. Jenna, some last final words before we sign off. <laughs> I love you, brother. You're always there for me. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to meet Kim for the wedding. Here's to hope. <laughs> um, Andrew, I know you're coming. You've already told me that. So, yes. yay. Um, Michael is excited about that, too. Yay. <laughs> so now you all three can go jumping off the the, top, the stratosphere. I'll just sit there and video it from, you know, the sidelines. Um, it's bittersweet to see this come to an end. Um for me, I just had to watch out for the little ones in my family. They're not old enough to understand a lot of things. And I, I know Andrew had apologized and realized he had, you know, made mistakes. And, you know, even with him apologizing and everything, it was just I had to watch out for my, you know, my family, especially the kiddos. Um it would probably would have been different, you know, if they were, you know, 16, 17, 18, older, old enough to understand, like, these are his views. These are what he says. It doesn't reflect on anybody else. But, you know, 
I mean, it is what it is. It's a lesson learned. And that's basically what life is. It's a lesson and every lesson you learn makes you a better person. Um, spiritually, you know, emotionally, mentally, it helps you grow. You don't, you know, if you don't learn from the lessons, you don't grow and you stay stagnant and stagnant, stagnant doesn't do anything to help you in any way. You know, Kim's grown from where she was to what she is now. I mean, and I hope everybody continues growing. You know, I know David well. <laughs> I wish David would have done this a long time ago when I was into coasters, you know, when we were kids. But you know what? He finally did it. And I've been proud of him. I've known him way too long. And watching even our friends that we went through in high school, they've all dropped off. And we've replaced friends with new friends. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Keep the old, but bring in the new. You know? And yes, Kim is right. With the power has been in you the whole time. And from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes, my favorite movie of all time. I caught that. Um, and I just hope everybody, you know, I know it's not an end. And I know we'll probably see each other on the flip side, either at the parks or at the wedding in on uh, July. Yep. Um, but you know, maybe it's a good thing. This is a time for us to all grow. It's time to take this torch and and now put it in the hands of everybody out there in, in the world to run with it. They we, run. We uh, we all planted the seed. We all put a tool in the tool bag. It's now for everybody to go and run with it and use it. Andrew, final words. Yes, thank you, David. Um, this this podcast, this channel, this movement, Coaster Challenge, has always been about positivity. And listeners, you know, it's been kind of a one of our heavier duty episodes tonight. We've had a few of them over the years. Uh, there's been some negativity. We've had to bring up some negative people in the community that are a problem, some more than others, some more serious than others, unfortunately. Um, but what I want people to keep in mind, because I want to stop, I want to end on a positive note, of course, is those people that we mentioned and, and others that have similar problems that we didn't mention by name or talk about specifically, those, they're in the minority. Like I said, you know, I'm blessed with many friends now. So many of my friends are not even part of the coaster community, the theme park community. They don't care about parks. I mean, I've got friends all different walks of life. But I've got quite a few friends in this community. And there's so many good people. So many good people. And I know there's many people that I've not met yet that I hope to meet one day that are great people. And the majority of this people in this community are wonderful. But there are a few bad eggs out there. And we've talked about a couple of them tonight. But again, majority of people are positive. They're awesome. Uh, just, I've had so many enrich, enriching, amazing experiences and opportunities and, and, and memories from being a part of this part of Coaster Challenge, part of this community. I'm still going to be a part of this community. I'm just Coaster Challenge is kind of sunsetting here. But the other thing I want to say, speaking of Coaster Challenge sunsetting, is while the podcast is going away and we're not really doing YouTube anymore anyway, 
Coaster Challenge and its mission lives on. Where does it live on? It lives on in each of us here. Jenna, Kim, David, myself, Michael, who couldn't join us tonight. And most importantly, it lives on in the hearts and minds of every one of you. Everyone that's listening now or has listened to even just one of our episodes over the years. You've learned something, hopefully. I know a lot of you have from what you've come to us and told us. You've learned something and you've learned about facing fear and you've learned just a, maybe just a little bit about facing fear in your life. And maybe that little bit will help you maybe get on a coaster, but maybe more importantly than that, it'll help you face fears in a, in a real world situation, uh, taking a test or a loved one getting ill, trying to get a job, um, relationship difficulties, whatever it may be, fighting back that, that crippling anxiety. You all have, who have listened to this podcast have a big tool in your toolbox now and it's about facing fear and living a positive life and and our mission lives on in each one of you exactly Ooh, wow moment of truth never thought i would be standing here right now um saying some last final words Nine years ago, I was a broken man. I was deeply afraid. I was a very nervous person. My, I had Tourette syndrome that was flaring up like crazy every time I got nervous or stressed out. I was having a difficult challenge in my personal life. And then came a day I never thought I would ever face. And that was my best friend at the time that challenged me to get on a roller coaster that I was so afraid to ride that I would never, ever, people thought in a million years I would never get on. I'm one of them. And never thought that that one roller coaster would change my life forever to who I am today. I'm very proud this is the longest I organization I've ever ran as president, CEO. Nine years, Protein 10. And the thousands of people we helped over those nine years. I had so many people write letters to me about how much my story... And my team stories from Andrews to Kim's to Jenna's to all the other volunteers that have been in our organization in the past. How much it's changed their lives. Some of the incredible friendships I've made in this community. Some of the greatest guests we've ever had on this podcast. I've got a lot of favorite ones. There, there's even some that didn't even that may have not made the top ten, but believe me, there were quite a bit of guests that we've had and i think my most favorite guests that i had the honor we had the honor was uh lee cockwell former vice president of walt disney world brad rex former vp of epcot and um and jeffrey siebert president of six flags fiesta texas um there were some guests i wish we could have had on this podcast from the industry that I would love to have heard their stories. 
Um, Alan Shelke would be one. Uh, Fred Grubb would be another one. Neil Thurman, who was a good friend of mine, was president of Six Flags Magic Mountain, and he was president of Bush Gardens Tampa. Um, he's a great man who been a great story. Um, it would have been great to have gotten a few celebrities. I would have loved to have had Jimmy Fallon on the show because he's a big coaster enthusiast himself. Ellen DeGeneres was also another big coaster enthusiast. Um, there's the whole point of Coaster Challenge was to help everyone out there realize that you can be you can break your fears no matter what it is and if i could do it so can you these stories this past three seasons are just tools in a tool bag that i hope you all will go back and listen on and share with friends and family and hopefully that these episodes that we have recorded uh, help shape, change and shape the world around us. And I don't think we're going to be fully going away either, but time will tell when we're ready to come back. But until then, on behalf of everybody with the Coaster Challenge Network, I just want to thank each and every one of you listeners for taking the time to listen to our listen to our episodes reaching out to Kim and Andrew and me on on incredible stories of how much their lives have changed I really want to thank my team for all your dedication loyalty hard work it's not easy to find volunteers to do a nonprofit podcast it's not easy. To, it's not easy. It's hard to find volunteers to do stuff anymore for the community. Everybody needs money. Everybody has to find ways to make an income to survive. One last word of advice I would like to give to every listener. It is 2024. It's an election year. Must remind everybody. It don't matter who you are or what your standpoint, your political views are. At the end of the day, we're all Americans and we all have a great love for this country. And let's not be divided. Let's be united. And let's and I encourage everybody, you can go out there and vote and vote who you support. But just remember, just because somebody doesn't vote the way you vote doesn't mean that they're an enemy. That's what makes America great is we are diverse. We all have a matter of different opinions. And it's we are living in some of the craziest times right now that I need everyone to just take a step back and just pause. And realize a bigger picture. Democracy is very important. In our lives. Let's not take it for granted. It is important. 
that we keep this country going and we go in the right direction, no matter what it is. Everyone deserves to be treated with the most dignity and respect. And I'm an independent American. And I see both sides. And I will tell everybody. I know a lot of people that are independent. And right now, we will call bullshit when we see bullshit. And I'm telling everybody here today. Just remember. We are all Americans. We all have one thing in common. We love our freedom. We love our democracy. And we love being able to do what we do and love. Let's not forget that. So this election, let's try to be more respectful out there. Let's not let the bullying and the craziness go crazy on, on our personal lives. At the end of the day, when you go home, you're going home to your loved ones and your family. Some of us don't have that opportunity, but we do in other ways. And as I sign off here today, just remember, it's up to you to face your fears. You got to make that choice. It, it won't make it for you. I had to make a decision myself. And I made that choice and it's changed my life forever. And if I can do it, so can you. I love you all very much out there. We'll be around. Don't be mad. We'll be at the parks. I look forward to seeing Kim and Andrew in the future. I look forward to seeing all my friends in the community and abroad. So it's not goodbye. It's see ya. We'll see you at the parks. Until then, wish you all a good night. And may 2024 be a better year for everybody.